0: super talk mississippi media production
1: taylor swift is coming to new orleans and margaritaville resort biloxi and super talk are giving away a free pair of tickets for your chance to win go register now at margaritaville resort biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from margaritaville and super talk 103.1
2: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert
3: here on super talk mississippi this show was previously recorded
0: Welcome to Real Talk for real
4: Mississippians. Let's do this.
0: Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
5: Welcome back, everyone, to the JT Show. Super Talk Mississippi uh, rolling into Hour 2 of the program on this Tuesday. Joining us now on the line is our good friend, the representative from Cong- Congressional District 1 of Mississippi, Representative Trent Kelly. Good morning, Congressman.
6: How are you today, sir? Good morning, Gerard. Always great to be on Super Talk.
5: Yes, sir. Thanks so much for joining us today. We, we wanted to get you on because, as you're well aware, Memorial Day is coming up, and I know you're a proud member of America's uh, Armed Forces, and we certainly do appreciate you and and, uh, extend our gratitude to you, sir, for your service uh, in the military. And uh, start, uh, Representative, if you don't mind, just by explaining the meaning of Memorial Day, because that is different than Veterans Day.
6: Yeah, absolutely, and I always tell people the distinction. Memorial Day is to honor those who died in combat in defense of our nation. Uh, It's to honor their families and to honor their service to this great nation. Without them, uh, we don't have the freedoms that we enjoy. Uh, And Veterans Day is to recognize those who serve. And uh, this weekend, we should just remember all those families who don't have a loved one uh, who, who gave their life in defense of this nation.
5: I just got to ask you this, uh, Congressman, and uh, unfortunately, I think it's kind of a sign of the times. Do you get the feeling in the House of Representatives there amongst uh, your, your Democrat colleagues that they have the same degree of respect and reverence for Memorial Day. I know that sounds kooky that we would kind of wonder about that from somebody elected to such high office in this country, but honestly, I don't think many of them think very highly of you, sir, our military, those who paid the ultimate sacrifice so we could live in this country.
6: Well, Gerard, I'll tell you, probably 85% of those guys are just like us, and it, when it comes to service to this nation, many of them have served, are okay. great warriors. I uh, have lost friends over there, but that 10% on the left, those who have never served, the AOCs and and and, and the Presleys, the Squad, those guys haven't served, and they don't have an appreciation. And unfortunately, uh, their loud voices drown out all those who do uh, honor the service. Well,
5: I think that's a good point uh, that the vast majority. Uh, do share, I guess, our uh, respect in that regard. But it's the ones that don't, they just got the bully pulpit. That's the ones the media focus on. Seems like round the clock, and that's all you would think they are the entire conference.
6: What well, you would, and they're driving the policy right now, uh, whether it be President Biden or whether it be Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer, they're being driven by the radical policies of these loud ten percent on the left of the Democratic Party.
5: And on the, along those same lines, uh, this these uh, activities over in the Middle East and the, and the violence and bloodshed between Israel and uh, the Palestinian states. It just shocks me, sir, that so many on the left are anti-Israel, they're anti-Semitic, and now that's triggering anti-Semitic attacks. In this country, it's just been the last day or two, they seem to have kind of come around to recognizing Israel's right
6: to be a sovereign state. It, isn't it amazing? And, uh, some of them even tried to blame Israel. I don't know how, uh, the Palestinians firing rockets into Israel can be Israel's fault. I guess they wanted them to shoot the rockets, but it, it is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, and you saw this with the Asian hate crimes, uh, Bill that they, that's what they called it, but it's not. It is all political messaging. I don't see one for Israel and Jewish people right now, them asking to stop the hate, uh, which are real deaths occurring. And so it, it's just crazy up there that they They let policy and uh, their crazy principles drive uh, what they're doing.
5: What's even more just completely baffling to me, uh, Congressman, is the number of Jewish Americans who are Democrats, knowing that this is a big area of divide. I would argue that almost across the board in the Republican Party, there's broad support, unconditional support for Israel and their right to be a sovereign state and defend themselves That doesn't exist in the Democrat Party.
6: It does not, and I don't. I don't see how they keep supporting the Democratic Party when they uh, at least their voices that matter either call for Palestinians or uh, call, uh, call call Israel bad names. If you look at the squad, they say all kind of horrible things. Uh, they want to cut off the funding for the weapon systems that are used in defense only. Listen, Israel didn't invade Palestine. They shot on uh, they they shot fired into it, but they didn't send troops in there. They literally defended their ground and took out those targets which uh we're trying to fire rockets at them as far as I can see
5: and, and Israel is not an imperialistic nation they are, they're not they're not aggressive they they are arguably the world's greatest defenders of of their piece of ground which is small and they're totally surrounded they've had to be otherwise they wouldn't be on the planet anymore honestly. So I, I just don't well, understand. Well, that's what the
6: Palestinians want. Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they want them. They, they don't even recognize them. They want them to be gone. They don't want them to have any ground.
5: It's totally unbelievable. Uh, let's turn our attention a little bit to the U.S. military and the armed forces, and uh, it, this Memorial Day always uh, kind of um, it encourages a sense of pride. I think for most Americans that really do appreciate and understand. Uh, just how critical our armed forces have been and and what they've done in the way of sacrifice, especially, as, as you indicated, on Memorial Day, to, where we recognize those who paid the ultimate price. Do you have any personal stories, sir, that you could um, share uh, with respect to the military and those who paid that ultimate price?
6: Well, I, th- I think, uh, not necessarily those who paid the ultimate price, but I got to award some long overdue medals to a gentleman the other day. He was, uh, he was in the Philippines on December the 8th when, uh, the Japanese bombed that. And, uh, he, he survived the baton, uh, death march wow. at the point of a bayonet, poking them, uh, killing folks when they fell out, many of them with malaria. Uh, we can't imagine the sacrifices that our greatest generation made. And then I see that today, uh, when we lose these young soldiers downrange, uh, these guys all they want to do is preserve the freedoms that uh, all of us enjoy so much.
5: And it's incredible how they continue to be so committed to that. And I and I think just back to our history. First, we don't have many of these guys left from World War II. They're, as you know, they're dying out, and and we're we're losing them. And it's a shame because they're a special breed. And I don't know that we've ever seen anything like that, frankly. Where these young guys just got and, and up.
6: And I pray we never do again. These guys yes, were amazing, Gerard. They, uh, they, they left the farms and went to Paris and all over, you know, Normandy Beach, uh, in Italy and, and all the islands. Uh, throughout the pacific these guys are just amazing in their dedication and many of them had never been more than 30 or 40 miles from home when they left and uh, we wouldn't have this great uh, democracy that we have without those men and women
5: no question about it and, and then I, I just think about the korean conflict war and then vietnam and and what a black eye that is on this country look these soldiers went away and whether or not we agree with or support the because the bottom line is their country sent them over there And they served honorably, and they did what they were asked to do, and they came back, and the way they were treated was uh, really just disgusting. It's good to see that there seems to be an attitude of more respect and and gratitude for those folks because they deserve it too.
6: But we have to guard that, Gerard. It's just like we see with our police departments right now. Uh, There's a constant attack in this nation on anything that is good and anything that is honorable. And we try to make that something less than honorable. And I'll tell you, I don't know why every single member serves, but I can tell you this. Most of them serve because they love this nation and they do the right things. There's exceptions to everything. But uh, our Vietnam veterans, Korean War veterans, World War II, and, and this war on terror, I'll tell you, most of these people have the right heart and they want to serve
5: yeah there's absolutely no question about it but uh, th- this military this country and and it's not it's not established and it does not operate with the intent of attacking other countries it operates with the intent of defending this nation and its interests and that's what makes it unique and god bless that we have the strongest military it's so critical to just maintaining the peace on the planet not just protecting our borders
6: I know. And Rhino said it best earlier. We don't have people fighting to get out of this nation except for a few Hollywood stars, which we hope <laughs> do leave. Uh, but the majority of people are dying at boats, dying, of, you know, walking across the desert, uh, dying uh, in, in every way, just trying to get to this great nation of opportunity. And uh, that's because the soldiers who died for these freedoms. And
5: they and they do what essentially whatever's asked of them, which uh, is just uh, so honorable and, and makes you feel such a sense of pride and respect for those guys and i mean god help us god love them thanks so much for joining us today congressman uh and again thank you for your service sir and let's have a good memorial day and let's tell all our listeners think about the real reason for that uh that holiday
6: gerard i just want to tell the families thank you we love your sons and daughters who gave their lives to this nation
5: congressman trent kelly thanks so much for joining us we'll talk to you soon sir stay safe We'll be right back on the J.T. Show. Stay with us.
7: This
3: show was previously recorded.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Happy Memorial Day with sunny skies, high near 87. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 63. Your Tuesday, partly sunny, high near 88. Wednesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 86. And for Thursday, showers and thunderstorms likely, high near 84. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
8: I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now, but if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person.
9: Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer.
10: Hi, I'm Dale Danks with the Danks, Miller & Corey firm. Our office represents clients and businesses across Mississippi. If you need a lawyer
11: you can trust and who will fight for you, don't compromise. Danks, Miller & Corey, online at danksmillercorey.com.
12: If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully.
13: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point
3: three. This show was previously recorded. We
2: get to do a lot of things in this country. We have a lot of freedoms, and no matter ups and downs, or good or bad or whatever, it's still the best country in the world to live in. And uh, it's only that way because. We have these guys that are out there looking out for us. And, you know, it doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter what your religion is or any of those things. If you're an American, you're proud to have those guys out there. And they sacrifice it quite a bit. They sacrifice everything. And um, we just need to vocalize that as much as possible.
14: Pool season is officially underway. Yay! And we want to make sure your trips to the pool are the best they can be. Yeah, I love to swim. So here's a few tips everyone should follow to observe a socially responsible pool season. Here we go. Leave the Speedos at home. Uh, I don't have a Speedo. Trim that disgusting male back hair. It's like a bunch of Chewbacca's. No, no cannonballs balls or belly flops.
4: Cannonballs!
14: Never swim after eating barbecue I don't feel good No relieving yourself in the pool I've been swimming in raw sewage I love it And while you're at it, keep babies and seniors with diapers away, too. Oh,
4: no. No diapers.
14: Don't bring your iPhone into the pool to test how waterproof it is. Who cares waterproof? No skinny dipping or doing the nasty in the deep end.
15: Get a room. Don't wring
14: out your smelly wet bathing suit all over everyone's stuff. Ew, gross. And finally, don't Don't be a show-off. No matter how good a swimmer you are, you're no Michael Phelps. Stop showing off. And that's how to observe a socially responsible pool season.
4: There, that's there.
16: Yes. Happy swimming. Back to the JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. And joining us now, we have with us on the guest line uh, the chairman of the House Ethics Committee and the chairman of the House Universities and Colleges Committee and Captain Mac Huddleston with the U.S. Army. It's uh, District 15 Representative Mac Huddleston. Mac, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, Representative?
10: I'm fine, Mr. Dave. Good afternoon to you. Uh,
16: how are things going with you right now as we start to claw our way back out of this shutdown?
10: Well, there are a lot of unknowns. Uh, certainly, in, we in the appropriations area are going to have trouble. Uh, our biggest challenge is finding out how much money we're going to have to spend. That's the biggest thing. We won't know that until the middle of the end, after the end of this month.
16: Well, and that—that's the problem moving forward because we had, and I, I spoke with uh, from the Senate side, Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman yesterday. Uh, yeah, back before all of this started, we had a lot of things that were facing us that were going to take some appropriations and take some 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 money to fix the prison system problems. Come screaming to mind, uh, and and now it's like a fruit basket turnover, isn't it? We've got to start from scratch almost.
10: That's right. That's right. The big unknown is how much money are we going to need and how much will we have, and we'll go from there. That's a big, big challenge.
16: And it's not one that's going to be easy to solve, I don't think. And, of course, you guys still have in front of you uh, appropriating the rest of the funds from the CARES Act. I believe the lieutenant governor said there's about $900 million left to appropriate.
10: Well, I, I think it's about uh, in, in the total CARES Act, yes.
16: So that's what you've got left to appropriate. Any discussions uh, ongoing uh, about where some of that money might go?
10: Well, you know, I think the first thing—the thing that we're trying to do now—is get get this CARES uh, uh, fund where we're helping the small business try to regain their foothold. Uh, we've got to do that first, and see then how much will be left over at the end of that process. Uh,
16: exactly. Now you're the chairman of the House Universities and Colleges Committee. Uh, yeah, well, what, what are you hearing uh, in that committee specifically? Is there any talk about uh, any of the institutions seeing an impact from this at all? Oh,
10: good gracious. Yes, sir. Uh, I talked to uh, several of the presidents and their representatives, and uh, yes, sir, there's a tremendous negative financial impact on, on our universities. And uh, that's going to be another big problem that we're going to have to work through.
16: And my my question to that, I guess, is uh, I know most of the universities managed to continue on with online classes. Did that result in a decrease in revenue for the colleges, or is it mainly due to athletics and things of that nature?
10: Uh, I, there's a lot of – there's some money that's not there that would have been there had we not uh, – uh, had, had been dealing with this uh, coronavirus. And I've seen the sheets – from the individual institution showing how much their shortage shortages of just routine operating funds uh how they're going to impact what we're trying to do
16: so it did definitely have an impact and that's something else that you guys are going to add now now can uh, do you know can any of the cares money uh be used to help offset some of those losses for the institutions
10: you know i, I don't know i don't think so uh I, I don't think so and i could I could be wrong there I think there'll probably be some other funds come in from different areas. I know I saw early on uh, some of the losses and uh, universities uh, had to give refund some of the uh, refund some of the fees that the, that the students had paid had paid in and uh, I don't know whether that payment is complete or not, but I think one of the things that I'm sure they' looking forward to is getting the getting the students back on campus uh... that if if we can't get the students back on campus that's going to have a, another tremendous negative impact on just the university as a whole and also the finance financial part of that.
16: well and that is exactly right we hear all the time about distance learning and about how things are going to change and i think we will see some changes in that direction which is going to require us rethinking the way we do some of these things but for right now It is a problem that's going to have to be addressed one way or the other. Let me just say this. I have have said this several times during this entire thing. I have never in my life been happier to not be an elected official, because I do not envy the job you guys have to do with the appropriations process after this.
10: Well, the appropriations process since I've been here 13 years has, has always been a challenge. But, gosh, we had made so much progress, and we were in such a good position when this virus Uh, raised its ugly head and it set us back years
16: well and uh, that's the, the the good and the bad the good is yes we were in a great position which means we were in a great position to deal with it probably the best position the state's ever been in to deal with something like this but the bad is boy we were in such good shape and now it's gone
10: absolutely and once it's gone it's gone uh, there's, there's no reclaiming We've got to start all over and uh, come up with a strategy to how to, how to work back to where we were.
16: Yeah, and that's going to be the hard work because we didn't get to where we were three months ago, uh, just in the in the course of a year or two. It took years to build up to that point, didn't it?
10: And think about where we would have been had we not taken good care of the money in the last say, five, six years, which we have done. And hats off to the people who were in the appropriations uh, area who uh, made sure that when we allocated something, appropriated something, that it was to good, and that's why we had built up a little bit of surplus. And had, where would we be had not we built up the surplus in like the rainy day fund?
16: That's exactly right, and that's that's why it's called the rainy day fund. And boy, it's been pouring for a couple of months. So it's really good that we had that. As you said, if that if that was reading at zero, if we had nothing in the rainy day fund, we would be in a much worse position uh, than we already are. Uh, But and this is something I talked about earlier in the show, Representative, and I just want to get your take on this, because uh, we had somebody on the ceasefire text line that that texted in and used a phrase that I've heard from a lot of different places that, you know, the economy has been destroyed. Uh, It's not going to be easy, but we're going to come out of this and we're going to get back to where we need to be, aren't we?
10: Yes, sir. We've got too many smart people, smart, hardworking people that have the, as a goal to keep this state afloat, and I promise you we're going to do that.
16: And that's the thing that I think we have to remember. You can sit around and talk gloom and doom all day long and and talk about how horrible everything is, and it's all over, uh, and I think you're missing a great opportunity, which is to realize, hey, we built it once, we can build it again, and that that's the opportunity that we have in front of us now.
10: I think that's the attitude that most of us have. We've done it once and we can do it again
16: exactly now you're also the chair of the ethics commission is everyone behaving themselves
10: you know as far as i can tell they are uh i don't know this uh, something like this has a way of of quieting people helping them to want to cooperate with others and just being gentlemen and gentle ladies and that's what i'm seeing
16: uh, that's all we can ask for. I figured you would be the one to ask as the chairman of the Ethics Commission. I didn't know if anybody was playing skee-ball in the hall when they were supposed to be working or what was going on, but I knew you'd be the one to know. Yes,
10: yeah, so we, we would overlook some of those little things like that.
16: Well, it's a stressful time. You've got to blow off steam somehow, you know. Uh, right. We have a text from the 601. I'm going to take a guess and say this is somebody that you know. I I don't have a name. I don't know who it is. But uh, they just texted in and said, ask Dr. Mack if his deskmate is bad.
10: <laughs> I bet that's a gentleman from Lincoln. Uh, yes, that must be who it
16: is. Now, I had a feeling you would know who it was if I read the text out. Like I said, there's no name to it, but they asked that. I'm going to assume this involves a goat.
10: I think you're exactly right. Okay. Matter, he and I had this discussion late yesterday afternoon.
16: So, so you, you, you you've got a, a goat at your desk? Uh,
10: no, oh, okay. not quite. Okay, I'm a I'm a veterinarian. It would be out of the ordinary for me to have an animal, I mean, have something to do with an animal. But I don't believe, believe I'd take him on the house floor.
16: I you you could get on the news, Doc. Now, everybody Dad? would cover. Everybody would cover that. You could get yourself on the news and get some publicity if you just took a goat onto the floor for a vote.
10: Yeah, I bet that. I, I think I'm just going
16: to let that one slide for a while. Okay, okay. I was I was just going to uh, just going to suggest that. Thought it might uh, work out for you there. Uh, we have uh, coming up on Monday. Uh, Memorial Day is on the way, and we're coming up against a break here in just a moment. If you can hang on through the break here, uh, I'd love to talk to you about your service and thank you for that right up front. But if you got just a minute or two, I'd like to talk to you about that as we get ready for Memorial Day.
3: Yes, sir. This show was previously recorded. Shark Tank's real estate tycoon, Barbara Corcoran,
11: only recommends Lee Garland in the Jackson area. Lee Garland is the number one real estate team in all of Mississippi. as published by the Wall Street Journal. Directly responsible for helping over 9,000 families reach their real estate goals. That's over $1.25 billion in real estate. Ambos those hard-to-sell listings? They just make the elite team even more motivated. Success stories like Stan and North Jackson. Lee puts superior marketing strategy into gear, guided Stan with advice on preparing his home for market, and is sold within 48 hours for the asking price. And in those cases where real life happens, Lee will let you out of your contract at any time, or will give you an instant cash offer. No showings, repairs, or hassles. I wouldn't recommend Lee Garland without personal experience and a long list of outstanding satisfied clients. Call Lee Garland Group today, EXP Realty at 601-983-1130 visit leewillbuyit.com and start packing.
17: This Memorial Day broadcast on Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse, remembering those who gave it all on this day and every other day. Tico Steakhouse, East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. Your window tent headquarters at Auto
18: Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com.
13: Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation.
19: At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a master tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience.
17: Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland.
1: Hi, I'm Mary Whedon. I have a seawall that's falling apart, so I'm using G3 Services to replace it. G3 Services has a long-lasting, good-looking product. Owner Derek Gentry is dependable, and I know this because he's my friend, and he will be yours as well. He also does enclosed patios, concrete walkways, outdoor kitchens, and, well, everything you desire for outdoor living. Call Derek today for an estimate. He is local, and he will call you back.
8: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Major General Jansen Boyles with the Mississippi National Guard reminds you about the importance of Memorial Day.
20: We have lost soldiers and airmen. We have lost men and women who we have had the opportunity to lead, to lead in combat. But most importantly, we've lost some friendships out there. These were men and women who just didn't come home. So we want to make sure that we always remember the sacrifice they made. We always want to make sure we remember the difference that they made for our country. We do that also by recognizing the gold star families who made that contribution also
8: and charlton h ferguson of cosiesco was aboard the uss oklahoma when it was attacked on pearl harbor on december 7th 1941 ferguson was one of 429 crewmen who perished that day but now that his remains have been identified through dna He will be laid to rest. Ferguson, who is a Navy musician, second class, will be buried July 9th at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu.
18: Confidence. Peace of mind. A way forward. During tough times, these are the things we all want. And with the personalized help of a Trustmark relationship manager, it's something we can find together. That's why Trustmark is standing by business owners. No matter what challenges you may be facing, we are here with a suite of financial services to help you find a path forward. Learn more at trustmark.com slash
21: business. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been there. Lagging video chats. Slow downloads. Oh come on! It's just not a good look. Instead, call C Spire business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fastest, most reliable internet around period no excuses no apologies just fiber fast internet that works ceasefire business see how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com memorial day
22: december 7th
12: 1941 a date which will live in infamy the grateful nation will never forget those who died that america might live
0: Remembering and honoring those who made the ultimate
3: sacrifice for our freedom. Super Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded.
4: Hey, hey,
0: hey. Do you have an opinion on something you heard from JT or Rhino? Go ahead, grab your phone and text it to them. You can text at 601 879 4395. 601 879 4395. The JT Show on Super Talk, Mississippi.
23: But again we uh, continue here today from the columbia chamber of commerce here the wall that heals columbia.com you can come by here and check it out dick jordan is a veteran uh from this area here in columbus columbia i'm in columbia i don't know why i've done that's the second time i've done and that let's today.
24: call me jordan jordan they
23: wrote jordan all right jordan
24: well same same spelling except i know how to spell
23: oh okay well, it's a pleasure to meet you thank you for your service
24: Thank you for paying your taxes.
23: Absolutely. Tell me about it. How how'd you end up over there?
24: Well, I was at the University of Texas teaching ROTC in 1964, and they said that just as soon as this is over, you're going to be one of the first people to go over to Vietnam with the U.S. mag uh, over there. So that's where I went, Mm -hmm. 1964. I replaced the first guy that had this job a year before. He was the first one to come over with the mag.
23: Mm -hmm. What were your duties over there?
24: I was a G4, assistant G4, and uh, uh, was uh, basically sent out on missions in in the aircraft to different uh, advisory areas to see if the Navy was treating us properly, and they weren't. And my report showed that uh, that they were not doing the job that they should have done, and we uh, took it over from them. The army brought in uh, the quartermaster and to service some food, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, eventually, uh, about a month later, I got hepatitis real bad because uh, Mm. got got had eaten something or whatever. But uh, I was evacuated to the Philippines and stayed there. Two months and then went to, was uh, evacuated back to the States, Fort Sam Houston. And I was okay, but I had a six-month, uh, you know, uh, handicap.
23: How did you end up in the ROTC?
24: Just, you it was volunteer. You just, right. You just go in there and sign up for like you, for for a algebra course or whatever. Mm-hmm.
23: Obviously, uh, a lot of people were drafted that were sent over there. You, you, you were obviously you were already serving at that time. That's how you ended up over there, correct?
24: Oh yeah, no, I, I was a, a career officer, right, yeah. right. You know, when I gra- graduated from ROTC, I was commissioned.
23: So you, when they came to you and said that, I mean, was what was going through your mind at that point? You're headed over there.
24: Well. Uh, it was just another assignment, but this was a combat role assignment. It's going to be different, though, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. it, was, it was nice. We I was right there in Saigon, and it uh, was it was like, it was like a, a being in uh, Bangkok or some city in Germany or whatever. We could roam the streets and everything. But uh, while I was in the hospital, they removed all the dependents that were out of Saigon that came over with the uh, staff officers. You know that uh, had families. And uh, uh, because the Viet Cong were infiltrating all over, Mm -hmm. Uh, not only in the countryside, but they were doing damage in Saigon, and it was so hectic, they removed the families in December of 1965.
23: I've I've neglected to ask this question. I really wanted to, and I didn't want to ask somebody, but I think I can ask you. Was there really... You know the movie, uh, and, and I hate to go back to Hollywood, but the movie "Good Morning Vietnam" with Robin Williams, the crazy DJ in the morning, was Actually, there? Was there really that guy over there?
24: Well, uh, they had, uh, they didn't have him here, there, but yes, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll add a little bit to it. Uh, they had this beautiful girl that was uh, the weather girl, mm-hmm. and they carried on and, uh, to uplift the. Uh, you know that was all y'all had. Yeah, they uplift the interest, uh, you know, the uh, uh, happiness of the troops. You mm-hmm. might say it's, it was a, it was a real good uh, recreational vehicle to uh, give them a little bit of life in the in the boonies.
23: So they were tuned in Armed Forces Radio like crazy because that was absolutely, all they had. Absolutely,
24: absolutely. And then when I, uh, were they playing rock and roll and stuff like that? Oh, too? everything! They were playing the good music. Yeah, they, really. It was really it was really a very well done operation Air Vietnam. Really, yeah. And a, a little side note: I came back after a tour, and was in Frankfurt, Germany, as a, uh, the, uh, the chief of personnel for Fikoscom. And this little girl came in, and I recognized her immediately because she was a weather girl in Vietnam about two years before. And she's looking for a job, and I took took her in and introduced her to the general. But after <laughs> after she got out of there. After she left, you know, I said, "Sir, we're not gonna get her. She, she's too hot for this for this job." <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
23: That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So I, I often wondered that. I mean, you know, I'm just the reason I just asked that, just from being an old radio guy, I was just always wondering how
24: it was professional,
23: how real that move, how real the movie was, as if 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 there really were the troops out there listening, riding in the back of a.
24: Truck, Absolutely. jamming to this
23: music and listening to these crazy people on the radio, and trying to just do anything they could do to get any any
24: form of entertainment. They they were in the boonies, right. With their radios, you know, their little pocket radios, and, and uh, it was really good. They were they were very 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 professional. Now the troops didn't you know just play these things at night. I mean, no, no, this no. was uh, basically in a firefight or anything of this nature. Sure, But, sure, sure. Uh, but no, they were. They, it was all over Vietnam, and and was very professional.
23: I often wondered that. How Bear
24: it, morale building too. Sure, I, that was what, and that that was what I got out of the movie yeah. more than anything. Absolutely,
23: yeah. Uh, whether how real it was or not, mm-hmm. that was what I that was what I got out of there. They say the other real thing out of there was the nasty beer in that movie. That the beer was just gross over there.
24: That's a uh, we called it Bombi Bomb. That's <laughs> the French thirty three beer. Yeah, Bombi Bomb.
23: Yeah, wasn't good.
24: No, <laughs> but it was better than nothing.
23: It was better than nothing. <laughs> I know you go back and uh, you think about this obviously this wall being here today.
24: Yeah, it's This week. Uh, yeah. Have you been down there? I've seen it in Washington D.C. and I've seen it here before a little but I've been to the real one in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and I'd like to state that uh one of our one of our people here and he was a Jordan. I was a Jordan. Uh he was killed over there as a uh, went through basic training, went right over there and was killed. And when I came back, uh, uh, when I retired back here in my old hometown, his mother and I talked, you know, and she said, "Oh, Dick, it was very sad." And and I said, and I was going to Washington, and so I went up to Washington, and I did the little trace for her, uh, and uh, uh, and I said I came back and get send it to her. and She moved to Baton Rouge, and uh, she was really happy to have that.
23: Yeah, I've said my uh, my father in law served over there. He lost a cousin, and yeah. he lived in D.C. and actually had that framed in his office. He yeah. kept at his cousin right there, and something that he never forgot. And didn't talk a whole lot about it, but when he would, it was fascinating to hear. Yeah. So um, this wall here, you you've been to the other one?
24: Oh yeah, the real one. The real
23: one, yeah. and and this is this this is the real one, but it's not the real one. Yeah, but right. this is the commission one. Yeah, right. The commission I mean, traveled, one. right? Exactly. They say this is about trying to help more veterans heal, to, to go and to go through this process and to be there and do that. And that's why this – because not everybody can go to Washington, and even if they did get there, they may or may not go. But this gives them an opportunity to be a little bit closer to home where they can actually go and do and see this. And they call it the wall that heals.
24: I it, hope so. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I, I, you
23: think I, it did? Did it give you that closure? It
24: gave me – a, a my uh, one of my best sergeants in uh, Germany – He was hit in Korea. Had a big ball spot on the back of his head. He was a really nice, top-notch NCO. And uh, I saw him when I was back at Bragg. He was back going back over to Vietnam, and he went back over there with Special Forces and was killed. And I went by the and don't ask me his name because it's been so long, and I'm eighty almost eighty seven years old. I can't remember my own name, but uh he uh he was a real nice soldier and and i they, all these people on the wall very good
23: mr bill jordan thank you i mean mr dick jordan thank you very much for being here with us thank you for serving and thank you for sharing the stories with us very interesting very enlightening i really appreciate that today okay you're welcome thank you for taking time to visit with us and uh, again thank you for your service we are here today again with first southern bank Matt Grubbs motors tmh we are here with you and of course the wall that dot uh, it is here through sunday at 2 p.m it's open 24 hours a day between now and then and i hope that you'll come by and check it out i hope that you'll be a part of it and i hope that you'll see it and uh bring uh, school children tomorrow it's open you don't have to get things scheduled the buses are welcome they've got room for everybody and uh you can uh you can help us here today You can learn more about it. Thank you very much, everybody. Appreciate it. We'll continue with more. We'll wrap it up here from Columbia after this timeout.
3: This show was previously recorded.
16: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, just south of Germantown High. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. From trees, shrubs, and color plants to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Calloway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture. With all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving, Farmer's Market is open, full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaways will have farm-fresh produce seven days a week. Callaways offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping. Our designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. From a small job to a total transformation, just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit
9: Callaways and Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High.
25: Callaways is...
4: Always gives.
15: This is Anitra over at McBee's. I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy Blue Plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have bee tips of chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday, we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken with mushrooms, spring sauce. And every day, hamburger steak or chicken strips.
3: McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And a perfect spot for any size party, too.
18: Fox on Tech. Apple wants to clarify just how the newly announced AirTag is supposed to be used. The AirTags are similar to Tile, a small device you can put on your keychain or in your wallet, so you can quickly find them if they go missing with the help of an app. AirTag can also be added to your remote, your luggage, or your wallet, but not your child or pet. In an interview with Fast Company, an Apple representative said the AirTag is designed to track items, not people or pets, suggesting an Apple Watch with family setup is best for your children. For pets, there are a variety of devices that can attach to collars that can track your four-legged family members via GPS and cellular networks. AirTags make use of Apple's Find My Network, which uses almost a billion Apple devices for location tracking. And should someone attempt to track you with an AirTag, you'll get an alert that an AirTag was, quote, found moving with you, and you'll be able to disable it. AirTags sell for 30 bucks for $1, 100 bucks for 4 With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson, Fox News.
0: Memorial Day.
26: Those who fought are part of us, part of our history. No number of wreaths, no amount of music and memorializing will ever do them justice.
0: But it is good for us that we honor them and their sacrifice. Remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Super Talk, Mississippi.
14: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
3: This show was previously recorded.
4: The switches are thrown. The signals are given.
0: This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: <laughs>
5: Welcome back everyone, the JT show, Super Talk, Mississippi. Uh, Gerard is coming at you live from the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum, the heart of Camp Shelby, down here just south of Hattiesburg. And joining us now is Representative Philip Gunn. He's, of course, the Speaker of the House. Uh, Good morning there, Mr. Speaker. Hey,
26: good morning. Thanks for having me today.
5: Thanks for uh, for being here, and and thanks for participating in the various festivities today.
26: Thank you. It was quite an honor to be invited to come and address the, the group on this occasion. They had a fantastic ceremony today. They honored our veterans. They honored, the, of course, those who have sacrificed their lives for our country and uh, actually Entered a World War One hero into the Gold Star Family Memorial that they have down here. A, a Mississippian, a Mississippian, yeah, yeah a Howell Grantham, uh, it was, I believe was his name, and um, died twenty years old, nineteen eighteen, uh, actually protecting another soldier, gave his life so that another soldier could survive, and his great nephew read excerpts from letters that he had written home, and it was very moving, very inspirational to hear this young man talk about his experiences over there and the, 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 what he was doing and why he was doing it and how he believed in this country. He was not old enough to serve, but he uh, volunteered anyway. And uh, that, those are the kind of stories that make you proud to be an American. I no listening to that song a second ago, and uh, every time you hear that song, it just sends chills up your back you yep. know, because it makes you proud to be an American. Totally That's agreed. why we are the greatest country in the world in the history of the world. Yeah. And we and we've got to make our young folks mindful of that. too. They've got to understand. I, well, I've talked to the media outside after the ceremony was over, and they. They asked me, what do you want people to think about when they 're barbecuing or on the lake this week and I just tried we got to remember what this is about it 's not just a day off of work; it is a day to honor those who give us the freedoms to do those
5: very things yeah.
26: and we need to stop and pause and thank them and thank the Lord for their service.
5: no question and it just seems like that that uh, certainly in our our political realm there's so much animosity and so much hostility uh this country isn't perfect no country is i i I don't think we'd be on planet Earth. If that were the case, that was just part of God's plan. But it's right. a whole heck of a lot better by a long stretch than any other one. <laughs> At some point, don't we have to sit back and, and talk about the goodness and the positives and just get stop all this dwelling on all the negatives? You're and, right, and and
26: remember what got us here. And I'm afraid that's getting lost sometimes, especially yeah. in the, the, the days of social media. And, yep. the, the, and I don't want to turn this into a political show because that's not... What We're what we hear about today. Right. But the politics that seem to be being advanced by so many are are not going to take us in the direction that we are enjoying today. We've got to get back to the roots of this country and what caused us to get to where we are.
5: Totally agree. And so. Uh, the soldier who you were talking about earlier that's, thats uh, I guess, being inducted, mm-hmm. I, I believe there's an exhibit here. There he uh, is. A tribute in the museum. I was apprised of that as part of my little personal guided that's tour right. that uh, got earlier today. It's just amazing and incredible, that whole story. uh, Yes. 1918.
26: 1918. I mean, we've beyond over 100 years from there. And I've talked to his great-nephew. He said, you know, we were just worried about the letters holding together, just the age of the letters we've tried to to protect them. But they've donated them here, and people can read what what he was experiencing on the front in in France. And uh, there's just more and more stories like that. I came down here a few years ago and got the opportunity to tour this museum. I'm afraid. So many Mississippians just don't know what a treasure we have here, and they need to come and they need to ke- come to Camp Shelby and see this museum. One of my house members is, is featured in right, there. sure my, is. Mike Cuddlestone, saw he it, from yeah. Pontotoc, Mississippi. Yep. He served in Vietnam. His pictures on the wall, and I, a Huey cop pilot, correct? He's right? yeah. a helicopter pilot. Yeah. One of the most famous photographs from Vietnam of a helicopter lying, uh, lying, landing on a boat. That helicopter. For refueling. For refueling. It was being flown by him. It's incredible. You can find that photograph uh, in many of the, the, the Vietnam uh, yeah. journals and whatnot. Uh, that's him flying it. And they actually have designated or uh, the same type of helicopter is uh, here on the grounds, and they have put it here in honor of him. It's not the one he flew, I don't think, right. but it's the one like he flew. And they had a big ceremony down here a few years ago. Well, there's
5: one in the museum and, inside and the front inside the
26: walls here, are you. Uh, of that. Another, another one of my house members, Manley Barton. Yeah, uh, right. Is uh, from Pascagoula, Proud of Manley. I think he's the only Purple Star recipient in the legislature. But yeah, he got got blown up on a, on a landmine, and uh, thankful for his service.
5: We got just a minute left. Uh, what about participating in the wreath laying ceremony? Got about thirty seconds. The wreath laying ceremony.
26: Oh, you know, that's incredibly moving. The the the, the great nephew of the the man that we were talking about helped yep. uh, put the wreath on the, the monument, and General Bowles awesome. and I got to stand with him. And so awesome! It was fantastic.
5: Mr. Speaker. Thank you so much for Absolutely. joining today, Thank sir. you for letting me be a part of this. Thank you got Have a great Memorial you Day. Too. And I know you'll be remembering those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back with the JT Show. Stay with us.
3: This show was previously recorded. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN, Florida
0: Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
20: I'm Chris Foster. President Biden delivers his first Memorial Day address as Commander-in-Chief at Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia.
27: Remember those who gave their all in the service of
0: America, in the service of freedom, in the service of
24: justice. Remember their sacrifice,
20: their valor, and their grace. Before speaking, he laid a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. A Texas man believed to be a neo-Nazi is accused of planning a mass shooting at a Walmart.
1: Police say Coleman Thomas Blevins was arrested on a warrant for a terroristic threat and that a search of his home in Kerrville, Texas turned up firearms, ammunition, and materials officials described as radical ideology paraphernalia. The 28-year-old who's on active felony probation is not supposed to have guns. He's being held on a quarter million dollars bond.
20: Fox's Lillian Wu. America's listening to Fox News.
23: Insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts and doors, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass, they'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations too in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South and Cross Gates. Check them out on the web at www.venableglass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services 601 605
25: 4443. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Paul Gibbs was in his 20s when he assumed command of a Marine platoon that came under heavy fire in Vietnam.
28: We were actually trying to get another unit that was pinned down. It hit the fan there.
25: Private First Class Ralph Diaz was the radio operator. Though he'd been wounded, he kept fighting, repeatedly exposing himself to intense hostile fire. Gibbs ran to his aid.
28: He said, "I'm leaving when you're leaving," and I couldn't. You know, I, I, he he kept firing his weapon. Until the minute he died,
25: the second he died. As Diaz threw a grenade that destroyed the enemy position, he was cut down by enemy fire. Gibbs, a hero himself, was seriously wounded in the exchange. He spent 18 months recovering. For more details on their excessive bravery, visit supertalk.fm.
27: This is for those who always show they care.
18: Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones
4: protecting those they love. Thank you.
1: We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
18: Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, visit our website at msboc.us.
25: As the Mississippi Highway Patrol's Memorial Day wraps up and you make your way home, Major Johnny Pollos told Supertalk that texting and driving carries the same risks as drinking and driving.
27: We're dealing more with distracted driving issues that are causing crashes than we are with impaired driving.
25: Mississippi does have a no texting and driving law on the books. If you're going to be on the water today, Department of Wildlife Officer Mark McCluskey offers a few safety tips.
29: If you're going out and you're not going to be back till after dark or after the sun sets, make sure your running lights work. Check them before you leave. When it comes to fire safety, if your gas tank is
25: enclosed, inboard, you need to make sure you have a fire extinguisher. Make sure that fire extinguisher is charged. If you were born after June 30th, 1980, make sure you've taken the boater safety course and you must have the card with you at all times. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
18: The Mississippi Health Care Alliance urges you to call 911 at the onset of symptoms
6: of a stroke or heart attack.
21: As soon as paramedics arrive, they perform an ECG, start an IV, and administer medications to stabilize your heart.
15: If you're having a stroke, paramedics provide stabilizing treatment and know which hospitals are best prepared to manage your type of
21: stroke. In both cases, paramedics call ahead so emergency, cardiac care, or stroke teams will be ready when you arrive.
15: Every second counts.
21: Dial 911 for heart attack or stroke
11: folks in the capital city metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning six till nine gallo show we'll start your day the informed way super talk mississippi
3: 97.3 this show was previously recorded the jt show on super talk mississippi real
0: talk for real mississippians now here's your host
4: jt jt
23: Good morning, Supertalk, or good afternoon, I should say, Supertalk, Mississippi. Glad you're here today. We are visiting with you. Go ahead and put those on, sir, as we are live here at the Chamber of Commerce in Columbia. First Southern Bank, Matt Grubbs Motors, TMH, also bring you the JT Show here today. And uh, we are here talking about the wall that heals. And uh, we have with us Mr. Jack Brown, who is a Navy Seaman there. And, uh, Mr. Jack, thank you for being here with us today.
22: Thank you for having me. So you were in Vietnam. You, how did it all start? How did you end up there? Well, I, I joined the Navy, and uh, I had two first two years of sea duty, uh, shore duty, and then uh, the third year they they sent me to Vietnam for shore duty, and I was on a, they call a YFU, uh, yard freight utility. I run up and down the rivers over there on that in that boat.
23: Wow! And how old were you?
22: I was eighteen when I got over there. Turned nineteen while I was there. And obviously you were on
23: a Navy boat. So were you in the river, or where were you? Yeah,
22: we we uh, we went. We'd get loaded in in da Nang and then go up uh, north and go to Wei, and uh, unload the most most what we carried was uh... uh... 105 and 155 rounds
23: who riding up and patrolling that river I, you know i have known i'm a young man okay it was i was i was very young when the vietnam war started and ended obviously i've seen the movies i know i had a i had a vietnam vet who taught me in high school and I always asked him uh, he he always seemed to think the platoon was the better of the movies that seemed to be revealed or sort of some of them but when when you see the river scenes in those movies and you see the different types of things was that is uh, was that a pretty close
22: depiction i i guess so uh, now uh, the boat i was on was not a patrol boat it was a a supply boat okay and uh, those patrol boats they'd come by wouldn't be nothing but the prop in the water, and before you could say patrol boats, they'd be gone. Right. And, uh, that boat I was on was so slow, it, it didn't matter if you was going up river or down river, you'd see turtles swim by you. That's how slow the boat was. <laughs>
23: <laughs> Loaded or unloaded, huh?
22: Yeah, but it would carry, it would carry a hundred tons and sail in six inches of water. It really? Was, it was a boat. So
23: when you got there, was it? I, I, I mean, there's no way to say. I don't know what you could you or what you thought you could expect to see. Uh, but when you got there, your perspective on everything. I mean, we all know when we're going to a new place, we think it's going to be something. It turns out to be something totally different.
22: Well, it was a it was a whole whole new world for a South Mississippi country boy. It, customs was different. The country was different. The the just everything about it was different. And uh, you just had to learn, you know, get used to it. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting
23: time, obviously, when we're dealing with this. And you, you get over there, and obviously the, the, the there's probably indelible in, images still with you right now, isn't it?
22: Yeah. Yeah, you, you never forget it. There are things that you see it. Things that you do that you, you have to do. Right. You don't want to do them, but you have to. You know, but, and,
23: and I think that's what kind of got left out of this, Mr. Uh, Mister Jack, is, is a lot of people don't understand is that uh, a lot of people were sent over there not by their choice. And when they got there, they had a duty to do whether they wanted to do it or not or whether they were – uh, or carry through with it or not but it was it was a direct order that's what you did and whether it was right or wrong or the correct thing to do at the time we don't know but it was obviously the one of those situations that people had to had to deal with and then of course the aftermath of returning home and the, the just the horrible treatment of our veterans the way that was done uh, was totally undeserved and unres- very disrespectful but unfortunately that was just the way in the times of the world and then
22: yeah we went over there on a C-130 set in cargo nets going over there. We came back on on a civilian airliner. And uh, when we got off the boat, I mean off the plane, they carried us into a hangar and told us, go to the base PX and buy you some civilian clothes, including shoes, and don't wear your uniform home. And uh, we had to probably blew you away when they said that, didn't it? Couldn't couldn't understand it. I mean, why? We was over there doing a job that uh, the government had give us to do, and then we get home, uh, people want to curse you and spit at you and call your names. It was just hard the hard thing to deal with. You thought you're doing right, and what you're supposed well, you're to doing do.
23: what you were told to do. Yeah. What you were ordered to do. Yeah. And unfortunately, in the tumultuous times of those times that, uh, unfortunately, we're starting to see it kind of repeat itself right now, not in the same way toward our veterans. But uh, I, I've never understood that. And as I told you to begin with, Mr. Jack, I was a young man. It, it, it all went over my head. I was too young to understand that. Uh, my father-in-law was over there and, uh, he was there for the longest time. And that's why I asked you before we got on the air, I said, what are you comfortable talking about? Because, uh, he, he didn't care to talk about it very often. He'd have to be in the, he'd have to be in a special mood. If he was, he would talk about it. But it was, uh, it was hard on everybody over there. It was hard on the people there, the native people there, our people, everybody that was involved, whether or not we agreed with it or disagreed with it, it really happened though, didn't it? Yeah. That's what we all have to take it, back uh,
22: it definitely it's definitely happened that you like I said a while ago you have to do you do things you don't want to do and oh uh, I'm I just don't know you you, you you
23: you ever had any you ever had any inkling to just want to go back just to see what it is today
22: no I've I've been told that uh, uh, it's kind of like a tourist place now you go you go and they have tours and and I don't want to see it.
23: I, I understand. I understand.
22: I don't know part of it. I,
23: what about this wall? Have you been to see it yet?
22: Yeah, yeah. I've got a. What second. was that like? It was a little different. A little difficult. Yeah, there's fifty over fifty-eight thousand names on that wall. Wow. And uh, they, them guys came home in a coffin, and I came home with. All my fingernails and all my toenails, I didn't, you know, I just can't understand why they had, you know, they had to, to die, and I and I made it through without a scratch.
23: Did that help you, though, to be there to see that?
22: Yeah, yeah, I ain't.
23: You going to go back? Yeah,
22: I'm going to be there all this week. Wow. I, uh,
23: what was the hardest part over there, the heat?
22: Or- yeah, yeah. And the rain, that boat I was on was 150 feet long. And you making a river transit. If you're on the pilot, if you're on the wheel, uh, you can't see the end of the boat. It's raining so hard, you can't see the bow of the boat. So how do you steer? I mean, you <laughs> uh, you, you worry about, you know, running into the bank and getting jammed up where you can't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're sitting there with a wheel deck full of hells for one fifty-five rounds, stacked two pellets high. All it would take was one grenade, and they wouldn't be nothing around there for miles. I mean, uh,
23: I bet you thought about that a lot, didn't you?
22: Every trip, ever ever trip up. Now, uh, but it was the same going back when empty. It was the same going back because they. Oh, it didn't matter if they. If they sniped at you, it didn't matter. If they had several guns set up in the, on the banks when you come by, it didn't matter where you're loaded or empty. A bullet don't know, you know? Right.
23: Mr. Jack Brown was a Navy seaman over there. Uh, also did yard freight utility over there as well. They say this is the wall that heals.
22: Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I enjoy looking at the wall and. Uh, but it just it just kinda bothers me, you know, that all those people had to die. And uh, the good Lord blessed me enough.
23: Thank you for your service.
22: Thank you for caring.
23: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your service. Mr. Bill Harris, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Mr. Jack Brown, Navy Seaman here today. You are for a utility. Let me shake your hand, sir. Thank you. Thank you for serving, and a pleasure to interview you today and thank you for opening up to me, okay? I really do appreciate that. God bless you.
22: Thank you, thank you.
23: Super Talk Mississippi, the JT Show. If that's not a reason for you to come see this wall, I don't know what it is, folks. I, I can't tell you any other reason other than that. And there's a lot of people on that wall. Uh, Mr. Jack went down there to see that and to know that, and I thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. Super Talk Mississippi, the JT Show. What a great, uh, what a great moment there. Y'all check it out. Super Talk Mississippi. Thank you. We'll continue here in Columbia, the Columbia Chamber of Commerce. We are here today with Hearst Southern Bank, Matt Grubbs Motors and TMH. More on the way next. Hang on. This
11: show was previously recorded.
10: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at
11: DanksMillerCorey.com. Rogers-Dab Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest General Motors business elite dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work-ready vehicles available for your job site. Diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business Specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dabs fleet. Call the Rogers Dabs Business Elite fleet team today at 866 671 4226 or visit us online at RogersDabs.com. Rogers Dabs
12: Chevrolet. Find new roads.
15: Hi, this is Anitra over at Macbees I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy our blue plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have bee tips or chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday, we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken with mushrooms spring sauce, And every day, hamburger steak or chicken scoops.
3: McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And the perfect spot for any size party to... G3 Services is a proud VIP sponsor
11: of the Handyman Show on Super Talk, Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Sloak has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. We're here with a special invitation to join us weekday mornings, 6 till 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
3: 97.3. This show was previously recorded. You
12: are listening to the JT Show. You should feel a sense of shame. That's how you know you're doing
0: it right. The JT Show with JT and Rhino on Super Talk, Mississippi. There you go.
23: Good morning again. Super Talk, Mississippi, the JT Show. We are here today with you, brought to you by First Southern Bank, Matt Grubbs Motors. And TMH folks, I want you to check it out. The Wall That Heals Columbia dot com is where you can go. Uh, this is the uh, this is the wall. This is the first time it's ever been here in Mississippi. Uh, this is the one that is sponsored by Washington, and of course, the, all the Wall That Heals, along with a fifty-three foot trailer that carries the education center. And I have with me now Captain Bill Harris, the U.S. Army. The Cobra gunship pilot over there in Vietnam. And may I start by saying, Bill, thank you, sir, for everything that you do, and thank you for your service. Well, thank you for the thought. Uh, Vietnam, long time ago. It was a long time ago, yes. Uh, How would you end up over there? Well, I enlisted into the
30: uh, Army hoping to go to helicopter flight school, but when I got in... My vision was twenty twenty in one eye, twenty twenty two in the other, and they said, "You can't go to fly school." So missed it by two, huh? Missed it by two. Yeah, up here in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, so I chose another school. Had a you know enlistment contract. They guaranteed you the school that you chose that you qualified for. And when I was in basic training at uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, in January. Uh, I was freezing to death, and there was this lieutenant walking up and down the street every morning with a steaming cup of coffee and clean, dry, warm clothes on. And I said, "Boy, that looks like a good job to me." So while I was there, they uh, came and talked to several of us in the, in the in our basic training company and said, "You guys have qualified to be able to go to officers' training if you if you want to." So I thought, well, that young man walking up and down the street with that hot coffee looks like he's got a better job than I do. So I I chose that option. And so I went to OCS, and long story short, uh, while we were there, myself and several other guys were given the option to go to a flight school. So I got to go after all, and I wound up being a commissioned officer instead of a warrant officer. Mm -hmm. And um, since I was an armor officer and had been trained, uh, in Calvary, and I was interested in it. I liked Calvary. Um, I kind of became a Calvary officer after flight school. I served two different assignments, one in Vietnam and one in Germany uh, for three years. And both of those were, I was in the Air cavalry.
23: Now, you were actually, uh, you were on the helicopter, right? Yes, I was a pilot in the
30: Cobra gunship. AH-1G was the nomenclature. Cobra was like a nickname, you know, the snake. But the nickname, a lot of times they called them snakes after the, you know, the, the, the cobra snake. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the, uh, I, I think the first helicopter in the, in the United States. Uh, I don't know about all other countries. It was designed from the ground up to be a weapons platform. It was the most advanced attack helicopter in the world at the time. And, um, so me being young and, uh, full of vinegar, I thought that would be
23: exciting. How many hours did you fly in Vietnam? You think, um, between 800 and a thousand. Wow. 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 How many times were you shot at? Do you more than you <laughs> can count on?
30: <laughs> Millions, Millions. I'm sure. Yeah. I used to say probably a train car load, I guess, but, uh. There's a lot of you know when they're shooting automatic weapons at you. There's a lot of rounds involved in that, you know. So
23: would you would you get them one today? Would you fly it again if the opportunity were there for you? If it was sitting out there, would you would you do it? Well, if with some training, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But I mean, if if you I'm, had the ability that somebody would work with you just to go back. And to be a part of that time in your life to do that once again, not to relive Vietnam, but just to relive the fact of doing something that you really wanted to the do. Fl- do the flying part? I yeah. think I would.
30: I'd love it. It was, it was really a lot of fun. The aircraft was um, just about aerobatic. It was a high-performance um, aircraft. We used to do Shondells and all kinds of things with it that you couldn't really do well with other helicopters. At that time, the, how old the other, were you? How old were you when you
23: were in Vietnam?
30: I think I was twenty-three. Really? Yeah. How many years were you there? I was one one year in Vietnam, and um, during during that time, uh, you know, I was in the cavalry the entire time. So, uh, I, when I left uh, Oakland, California, going to Vietnam, I was with a. A guy's name was Peter Clark Little. He was from Eugene, Oregon, and we had been through training together uh, for two years. It just was coincidence. We went through all of our training together, including our cavalry train, OCS. We both went to flight school, and we both were uh, selected to go to the Cobra transition after flight school to be Cobra gunship pilots, and, and he and I flew together on the airliner, sitting next seat, uh, Seats side by side over there, and we went into the re- replacement station, and um, they said, "We'll come back tomorrow, and we'll have you an assignment." And they showed us a building for us to sleep in, where the mess hall was, and see you tomorrow.
23: So, uh, what was the worst part? I mean, outside of the gore and the things and the, yeah. uh, the what was the worst part of of Vietnam? The heat
30: well yes it was it was when it was hot it was it was very hot most all the time the rainy season because we were acclimated to temperatures over a hundred degrees every day um, the temperature could drop down to eighty or seventy five we just about freeze to death. you know it was cold you'd have to be looking for something to cover up with, so that was odd that was odd um, the other thing that was. Could be depending on where you were. Mosquitoes were pretty bad too. Yeah. So uh, experienced that also, but not everywhere.
23: Uh, that was one thing. You got um, you got friends, family on that wall down there. I do. The guy I was telling you about,
30: Pete Peter C Little. Really? Yeah. You been down there yet? I have. Going back? Yeah, I'll be there several uh, every day this week at some time.
23: They say a lot of people can't go there. A lot of people like yourself can't go there. Was it Was it hard? No. No, was it, no it was
30: good. Uh, I really kind of started sort of a healing process. Uh, uh, it's been going on for a long time, but it's sort of rapidly. Uh, in 2013, my youngest son, who was about 30 years old at that time, asked me, he said, Dad, I, I know you were in the Army. I know you flew helicopters and you were in Vietnam. He said, that's all I know. Would you tell me some stories? So I started talking to him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then I met some other old white-headed guys Mm -hmm. who were in the American Legion, and they encouraged, they tried to get me to join. I didn't really want to have anything to do with anything military for many, many, many years. So finally I said, well, what do you do? And they told me about the program, what they were doing with children. And I said, well, I'm all about the children. I love the children. So I will join, and I'll help you with financially in every way I can to help these children. And um,
23: what would uh, I got about a minute left? Obviously, some people struggle with that. They say that's why it's open all the time, all night, every time, because a lot of people want to come. A lot of veterans want to come at night. They don't want to be seen there. They don't want anybody to see them. What would you t- what would you tell that person that was hesitant? Maybe I would encourage
30: them to come. I would uh, if they need to come uh, early in the morning, or late in the evening, or in the middle of the night. It's open twenty four seven. There are people there to sort of guard the place and to be available if somebody needs help. Um, if as long as you keep quiet about it, keep it stuffed, you you'll never get any relief. You need to learn to be able to face your fears and and discuss these things with other i've discovered me being with other veterans and being able to we don't talk about it all the time but we have a lot of things in common and we share uh, uh, a common bond and it's been a a healing process for me
23: i thank you so much for taking time here to share with us bill harris was a cobra gunship pilot and a captain in the u.s army and uh i really appreciate your honesty and uh thank you for your service here today and uh, i thank you and it lets people understand a little bit more about what it was and as i said i was a young man when all that was going on and it kind of flew over my head i i don't remember at all what i've learned is what i've learned in school and through history and obviously with hollywood and everything else i don't yeah. know how much that was as real or not <laughs> but uh uh, you can't say you ever surfed out in the river, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't surf to
30: the river. Uh, well, I uh, thank you for having me, and I, I do want to say one thing. Sure. Uh, I want to thank uh, the city of Columbia and all the businesses,
23: the committee who worked so very hard to bring us here. It's awesome, Bill Harris. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Captain of the U.S. Army, Cobra Gunship Pilot Vietnam. I appreciate you so very much. We're live here at the Chamber of Commerce in Columbia. We'll finish up. uh, Actually, we've got a half hour to go. Hang on. And we'll talk more about the wall that heals Columbia.com coming up.
4: to this conclusion. Love and marriage. Love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. Dad was told by Mother, you can't have one, you can't have none, you can't have one without the other.
7: This show was previously recorded. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I am Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Happy Memorial Day with sunny skies, high near 87. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 63. Your Tuesday, partly sunny, high near 88. Wednesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 86. And for Thursday, showers and thunderstorms likely, high near 84. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon.
17: Memorial Day broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse, remembering those who gave it all on this day and every other day. Tico Steakhouse, East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601
25: 956 1030. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Paul Gibbs was in his 20s when he assumed command of a Marine platoon that came under heavy fire in Vietnam.
28: We were actually trying to get another unit that was pinned down. It hit the fan there.
25: Private First Class Ralph Diaz was the radio operator. Though he'd been wounded, he kept fighting, repeatedly exposing himself to intense, hostile fire. Gibbs ran to his aid.
28: He said, I'm leaving when you're leaving. And I couldn't, he, he kept firing his weapon until the minute he died, the second he died.
25: As Diaz threw a grenade that destroyed the enemy position, he was cut down by enemy fire. Gibbs, a hero himself, was seriously wounded in the exchange. He spent 18 months recovering. For more details on their excessive bravery, visit supertalk.fm.
0: memorial day those who fought are part of us
24: part of our history
26: no number of wreaths no amount of music and memorializing will ever do them justice
0: but it is good for us that we honor them and their sacrifice remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom super talk mississippi
3: This show was previously recorded.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Rhino, before uh, we introduce Mister Rutland, give us a
19: score update. Uh, The Bulldogs are getting beat handily by the Gators. It is nine to one in the bottom of the third. Jeez. All right, we'll keep
32: tabs on that.
5: Yeah, it is double elimination. That's right. So, all right, Jack Rutland, host of True American Heroes radio program on Super Talk Brookhaven, joins us now. Morning, Jack. Good morning, Gerard. So good to hear from you, man. Uh, it's uh, the last week of May. Memorial Day is upon us. It kind of always marks the official start of summer, but we do so by paying tribute to those in our armed forces who, who made the ultimate sacrifice for our, our freedoms, who, who died while uh, serving their country. And I know that you have conducted a number of interviews through the years, with uh, our veterans, uh, those that are still with us. Um, tell us about some of those. Share some of your experiences and some of those stories.
33: Oh, wow. We need probably two or three hours, Gerard, <laughs> to do any kind of real justice to uh, sharing some of those stories. But, yes, about sure. 10 years ago, we, uh, we were having a, a anniversary celebration for the Military Memorial Museum in Brookhaven, which is in the Old Depot, and is still open today. Uh, to the public, uh, which honors people from Lincoln County and Brookhaven and the surrounding area who served in the military. But we wanted to do something special, and Supertalk very graciously invited us to do this Uh, this program, True American Heroes, where we were going to interview about half a dozen, maybe 10 over the next several months. And there was such a tremendous response from people loving to hear these men share their experiences that all of a sudden it's lasted all of these years, now almost 10 years. And we've got 50-plus interviews that are still on the radio, are played by Supertalk in Brookhaven every week. And, and and the public still loves to hear them, because it's just neat to hear stories about the men and women that you go to church with and pass on the street every day, knowing that, uh, wow, he was in combat during World War II, or he was in combat in Desert Storm, or he experienced the cold weather of Korea during the Korean conflict. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been a privilege and an honor for me to be a part of these things, but to talk to you about some of those, oh, that's so hard, <laughs> because all everyone that I've interviewed has a, it, they're sharing out of their lives, they're sharing the experiences that, in many cases, molded them into the people that they are, the men and women that they are, but you know to do to do justice, I, 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 let me just give you some names and men that I remember significantly uh, that and some of the experiences that they had. I, I remember Mr. Uh, Don Hemphill. I went to church with for years and didn't know anything about Mr. Don except he was a really soft-spoken school teacher. And then I found out during the interview that Don Hemphill was actually an army engineer during World War II and landed on the beach at the end of the day on D-Day, June 6th, 1944. And he shared his experiences about what he saw on the beaches that day. And, and then he also shared the experiences that he had going across Europe and was in, in the army and doing what engineers do in the army until the war ended. Just tremendous thing that, that, that this guy was involved in but you never would have known it if he hadn't done the interview. I wouldn't have certainly known it. And there was a young man that came in one day that we interviewed, we'd set up, who was in the Marines over in the Middle East. And, and I got to talking with him, and then he, and then the, in the middle of the interview, he talked about being on the point of a small patrol going through a, a, a little village in the Middle East. And when he rounded the corner, all he saw was a bright flash. And an insurgent had fired around at him and hit him directly in the chest.
32: Mm.
33: Now, thank God for Cavalier armor, mm. mm-hmm. and, and it knocked him unconscious. But he said when he came to, he was just thrilled that the medic looked at him and said, boy, you better be thankful for that armor, because it did protect him. He had a big bruise, but it protected him. That kind of experience, I can only imagine how that impacted that young man's life. Uh, there's been so many of them. The young,
5: Jack out. Uh, excuse me, how, how old was he then?
33: Oh, he was in his life. He may have been 19. Unbelievable. 19. He was in the Marine Corps, yeah. And then there was the lady, um, Ovia Saniford, that we interviewed. We had to go to the nursing home. The, the radio station very graciously was able to set it up so we could do an interview in the nursing home where she was. This lady was in World War II and was a nurse,
32: Mm -hmm.
33: she actually was a front, what they called, I think it was a triage treatment center. It was right at the front line so that they could get severely wounded soldiers immediately back to them so they could get enough treatment to stay alive before they sent them back further behind the lines to get a more concentrated treatment to help them recover. And she was up at that front line. (laughs) tent
32: Mm. taking
33: care she said her tent had 40 soldiers there were Mm. multiple tents and she was responsible for them holding their hands when they died Mm. and and just being a good nurse i have a picture of her with general george s Patton pinning the bronze star on her uniform for her service during world war ii to those wounded soldiers um she was just a very quiet, gracious lady. She lived to be in her nineties. I got to mention one of the gentlemen I interviewed early on, back about I think 2013, Mr. Cecil Rhodes. Now, Mr. Cecil, many of my World War II veterans have, have passed on because of their age, Gerard, but Mr. Cecil, I think if I'm correct, is 101 years old, and I interviewed him way back at the beginning of these beginning of these interviews. And Mr. Cecil was in Europe and served in the eighth Air Force. And one of the things he said to me as we were talking about, it, he said a couple of things. I know one of the more difficult things for him to share was me that while he was in England, he found out that his brother, who was in the army in Europe, had been killed in combat. But Mr. Cecil told me that when he got over there, he was he might have been twenty years old. I don't remember how old he was, but he said one of the first things he got there Uh, all of a sudden, it was a weekend, and there was nothing for them to do. So he wandered into this little British village, and uh, he said, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any buddies with me. He said, I sat down on a bench, and I never have had such a feeling of loneliness. And there I was on the other side of the world, away from my family. I didn't know anybody, and here I am in the middle of a great war. And he said, I looked up. And there in the square of that little village was the British flag and the American flag. Hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
5: That's amazing. Just incredible. So many when so you, many stories. When you talk to these folks, uh, having served and, and having experienced uh, all of that, that, you know, so few people really have, and especially as time goes on, even fewer how has that impacted their lives? I mean, you experienced something like that at the, as you described, Jack, at age 19, nineteen, twenty. How has that impacted their lives? Is it is it caused them to, I guess, struggle? Do they do they still have, um, I guess, the the syndrome as they call it, post traumatic stress syndrome yeah. and so forth? Do they deal with that? And did it affect them? You know, just trying to to work and contribute and. and uh, integrate into society after that it's got to be a you know that,
33: yeah that's an incredible thing to say because we're talking about many of these interviews were were men who were sharing experiences with me that happened 50 or 60 or 70 years earlier yeah but let me just say this i can only tell you what i saw in these men and this lady that i've interviewed there were some consistencies there was some similarities in their lives you know, one of the things that I saw, especially in our World War II, and in the others as well, I saw great humility. Yeah, they they realized they had survived, and many of them's friends did not. So there was a real humility there, and I, and and you can't say enough about the patriotism. They 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 had gone when their country needed them to go. Uh, and, and they had done their job. Not all of them were in combat, but all of them were over there doing their job. And it took a concentrated effort from all of the men and women who were doing what they did for us to have the victories we had against these aggressors through time. Yeah. A lot of, lot of courage, a lot of, you know, still raw emotion. I, yeah. I saw more than, more than one tear up as he talked about those experiences from korea i remember one gentleman who was jack, a banker
5: pardon me jack William. hold that thought we got a break jack. right here we'll get you on the other side of the break i want to hear this uh, fascinating story jack rutland host of true american heroes radio program on super top brookhaven is our guest stay with us <laughs>
3: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Are you ready for what is possibly the last
2: lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an XMark. This is David Frederick with Frederick Sales and Service. And if you're ready, now is the time to take advantage of special XMark pricing and special XMark financing. With 0% financing and payments that won't start for 150 days, that's five months before your first payment and still Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving central Mississippi since 1993.
13: I wish there was a place where we could sample wines before we buy.
1: There is. Colony Bistro and Wine Bar just opened right next door to Colony Wine Market in Madison. They have 32 wines by the glass, wine flights, and the food is terrific. Yes. Get your purse, sweetie. Realtors and homeowners, listen
15: up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call Two Men in a Truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit meninatruck.com.
0: Memorial Day.
22: December 7th, 1941,
12: a date which will live in infamy. The grateful nation will never forget those who died, that America might live.
0: Remembering and honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Supertalk Mississippi.
18: Fox on Tech. Apple's mobile operating system, iOS 14.5, is finally here, and with it, the long-awaited privacy update app tracking transparency. Apple sees privacy as a human right, so the software will give users more control over what other apps can track. You're likely familiar with tracking if you've ever searched for, say, a new pair of shoes online. You may have noticed that suddenly ads you see all over the web include the very shoes you were searching for, or something similar. Apple's app tracking transparency requires you give permission to an app to collect your data for targeted ads and if you want to share location data with advertisers that is often used for retailers to target you knowing you're in or near their stores privacy advocates have praised the change but companies that rely on ad revenue like facebook say it will hurt their business going forward users will see an alert saying what the app you're using will track and with a simple tap you can opt in or out the 14.5 update is available now with fox on tech brett larson fox news
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super
3: Talk Mississippi. This show was previously recorded.
0: This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
4: She stood in the street, uh, smiling from her head to her feet. I said, what is this now, baby? Maybe she's in need of a kid. I said, hey, what's your name, baby?
5: Welcome back, everyone, the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Jack Rutland, host of True American Heroes Radio, is our guest. All right, Jack, please continue.
33: Well, Rod, I'm just—I feel like I'm rattling on, but
5: no, I, you're doing great. I have, it's fascinating. I, I
33: just—I just have so many things I remember hearing these guys say, and—and—and and, and see, I had the good fortune, I guess, was what you'd call it, of looking them in the face when we did these interviews. Yeah. And I could see the emotion, and I could see what it brought back in their memories. And I was just sharing with you momentarily, uh, just a moment ago, about Mr. Jerry Rains, who mm-hmm. was in Berkeley and worked for a bank. And Jerry was not a very big guy, but he was a big smile, and he was always enjoyed seeing him. And he came in to do our interview, and I found out that he had been in the Marine Corps. Well, that in itself is quite an achievement, to be a Marine. Mm-hmm. And, and secondly, I found out that he had served in Korea, and he was actually a part of the Marines that were surrounded by the Chinese and North Koreans, at the Chosan Reservoir. Yeah. And he talked about how cold it was and knowing that they were surrounded and they were making preparations to fight to the death or having to destroy fuel Gee.
32: depots
33: so that yeah. the enemy wouldn't get it and destroy papers. And he said, we were spending all our time getting ready. But one of the generals, General Chesty Puller, told them, said, don't worry, guys, it's good to be surrounded because you can shoot in any direction and hit the enemy. (laughs) But just guys guys like Jerry Raines, uh, there's just so many stories, Gerard. I can just keep telling them if you want me to.
5: Well, let me ask you, uh, Jack, uh, have you interviewed, or are these mostly – uh, veterans that are from Mississippi are they Mississippians or have you interviewed them from uh, around the country?
33: Well, that's that's a good question. Most of the ones are. It started out Brookhaven, Lincoln County. Yeah, and because of uh, Super Talk Southwest, we started doing a few in Macomb and Hazelhurst. Um, I mean, I've actually done a couple from out of state, but it was because they were in Lincoln County visiting family members. And the family member would call and say, hey, could, could you want to interview my uncle? And I never say no. You know, if they were, if they were veterans, if they served uh, their country and wore the uniform in conflict, uh, their stories need to be heard. All the veterans, all of our military people, when we have Armed Forces Day, I salute all those that wore the uniform. But those that served in conflict, oh, those, those are special men and women. And I, I really enjoy sharing their testimonies and their stories. And I, but most of the people are local people.
5: Yeah, and as you know, Jack, we, I mean, we're losing. We're, we don't have many remaining yep. that served in World War II, and so with respect to uh, subsequent conflicts, of course, we got the Korean War, and then the Vietnam War, and then the Desert Storm, and so forth. But the those folks that served in World War II, I mean, there's not many of them left.
33: No, and and one of the neat things the radio station did for this is is everyone we interviewed, we gave them a copy of their interview. Wow. And I've had brothers and, and sons and daughters come up to me and say, I never heard Daddy talk like that. Yeah. I never heard these stories. So now, thank the Lord, we've got a way for them to keep these memories of what their family member did and they'll always have it as long as they've got that uh, CD they can play.
5: Yeah, that's just that's just so awesome. And I think what is really cool is is our connection, our being Mississippi, our connection uh, to these various conflicts. Uh, I don't know. Is there a sense of pride that, uh, oh, that you feel about that?
33: Absolutely. And I, 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 I'll pat Lincoln County on the back a little bit. When you walk into the courthouse in, in Brookhaven, at the Lincoln County Courthouse complex, uh, there's a big monument in the front. It's got the names of every man or woman who died serving their country during a conflict. Right. And I don't know, I've I've read the whole list before and I and, and there's even a there's even two brothers. Can you imagine the mm. family in Bogachitta, the mom and dad who lost two sons mm. in World War Two? So, yeah, there's a real sense of pride, and I think that's why our little museum is successful, and I think that's why this program, it's certainly not me, It is, and, and the, the stories are really significant, but I think it's just a sense of pride in knowing that my neighbor, my, my friend down the road, was willing to serve and risk his life, because that's what these guys did. They didn't go to die. They went to serve, but sadly, some of them didn't come home.
5: Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's incredible. I, you know, I have um, uh, father-in-law and my father, both of whom are deceased, served in World War II. Uh, my, bro- my brother served in Vietnam, and uh, and my uncles. I mean, it, and when you talk to them, if you can get them pinned down to talk about it, which is often difficult, it's just, it's just fascinating. It blows me away, and I'm so grateful to them. And uh, we're out of time, but grateful to you, Jack, for what you do to keep these stories alive and to give them life and to honor those. I'm, I know those families are are just tickle pink about that and, and appreciate uh, what you do there, man.
33: Well, what we do is just to, to keep their memories alive. We will never forget what they did for us.
5: It's a good thing. Well, let's honor them all on Memorial Day for sure. You have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, Jack. Thank you, friend. You got it. We'll take a break right here on uh, the JT Show. We've got news coming your way. When we come back, we've got Senator John Horn in the studio. Stay with us.
3: This show was previously recorded. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk,
0: Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
20: I'm Chris Foster. It's Memorial Day. President Biden led the ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia.
0: Laying a reef at the tomb of the unknown soldier, he said Arlington Cemetery is filled with stone monuments. But never forget.
27: Each of these markers for those known and unknown here at Arlington and far beyond
0: represent a precious life the president
20: remembering bo biden as well today his son an afghanistan veteran died of brain cancer six years ago fox's girl scott police in miami are still looking for suspects in two drive-by shootings over the weekend three people are dead at least 26 wounded miami-dade county mayor daniela levine Cava.
1: let me be very clear we will do everything everything we can and use every resource available to bring these people to justice
20: both shootings were outside rented party spaces america's listening to Fox News. As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community
3: safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for
14: years. Visit us in Gluckstadt, ADS Security, 601-898-3105.
19: Call today. Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the tractor store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and 0% interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the tractor store in Richland.
17: This Memorial Day broadcast on Supertalk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Remembering those who gave it all on this day and every other day. Tico Steakhouse, East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030.
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Fifty-nine years after Flying Tiger Line Flight 739 disappeared, it remains one of the most enduring aviation mysteries of the Vietnam War era. James Henry Taylor was the only Mississippian among 104 passengers. His sister, Diana Crumpler, is only now starting to put together some of the pieces thanks to meeting with families of others aboard the doomed flight.
15: They were told by the soldiers that they possibly wouldn't be coming back. We were never told that. He just hugged us and, and off he went. I don't believe, I don't want to believe <laughs> that he thought that himself.
8: Very little is known about what happened to the plane and its passengers, and due to the circumstances surrounding the mission, the names of those lost have not yet been added to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
18: This is for those who always show they care. Who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting
4: those they love. Thank you.
1: We can do this. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
3: There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden.
11: Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from
13: Mississippi
31: 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
8: Americans are observing Memorial Day across the country,
22: and here's why. It represents all of the fallen in past wars, and that's one of the reasons why we have Memorial Day, to honor
15: those that have fallen. It's really easy to get caught up in the celebration of it when it's more of a remembrance.
14: As a veteran, it means remembering all of my fallen comrades and celebrating their memory and all the people who sacrificed so that others don't have to.
8: And the first 72 is on you. That's the message from the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency as Mississippi prepares for another hurricane season, which kicks off tomorrow spokesperson Mallory White explains what it means.
10: You need to have enough food, water and supplies on hand for your family for at least 72 hours before state and federal aid can arrive. And why is that? Well, commodities could be backlogged and roads could be blocked
1: and weather could deter us delivering more supplies.
8: For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
23: near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and, of course, tires, just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Centers supports Mississippi Outdoors, and, of course, we go the distance for you.
1: Into Good Things with Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
3: This show was previously recorded. You're listening to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show with guest host
0: Gerard Gibbert. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show is presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. The Foundation supports projects associated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks to protect and preserve Mississippi's wonderful wildlife heritage for generations to come.
4: Good
5: afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. In the studio, Adam Butler, wildlife biologist, Chris Reed, law enforcement, and Ricky Flint, the alligator program coordinator with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in today. Glad to
27: be here. Absolutely.
29: Well, so, it's a privilege to be in high company with Mister Flint. <laughs> mm-hmm.
27: <laughs> it's that time of year again. Well,
5: first off, it's Memorial Day coming up this weekend. It is right. It, it gets here quick. quick.
29: It, it does every year. It's I can't. I can't. I felt like Memorial Day walking in from outside. It was a little warm outside. It's there. warm, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, man. it
5: is. It. uh it just changed to hot. We,
29: it, it seems hard. like eons ago since we were snowed in for
5: a week. Oh, don't remind.
29: me I'm not me going to complain
34: too much. So that the humidity, it is there. To, yeah, you're right. It's a little hot, but that humidity is still It'll be good. Maybe warm, it's so it's not tolerable for the, You know, I for ain't the complaining. Chickens. None. Yeah, I agree.
29: And the people this weekend, yeah, it's that. And and we'll be out working it. Um, you know, people will be out taking to the lakes and the rivers and boating, and that's kind of the. That's not the crescendo, but it's it's the. Uh, it is ineffable.
27: It's, it's coming. coming. you got Memorial
29: Day boating and then July 4th. Those are the top two. In between those, it's pretty high activity, high, high use times uh, on the water in our state.
5: Well, this time last year, we weren't doing all that.
29: No. Right? Yeah, we canceled everything. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it caught on in certain a- aspects of life across the world and country. But we have re-implemented boating and water stuff what? Yeah, going out, you know, because... Uh, that was it was it was just so odd and everybody can probably agree to that but yeah we had just, the public lakes and the boating capacities were restricted and you know everything was just a little different this time last year yeah. so we're back to normal and that all of that's been kind of rescinded in the last few months of the the restrictions on on boats and all that so uh just make sure you have all your life jackets your registration your safety equipment a designated driver, you know all that important stuff,
5: right? Well, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more folks out uh, than even normal, than than prior to two thousand and twenty. Yeah, did you see that golf tournament yesterday afternoon? We talked about it earlier. It was, that was
29: crazy. I mean, it's like people are just craving normalcy. So yeah, I mean, the, the boating stuff maybe just make sure you get your boat out if it you know because if it's been sitting up a year and it didn't get run a whole lot last year, it could have some issues with the motors and the bad gas. So so try to check that out before you go and you try to put in and you maybe run up. River a minute, and then all of a sudden you go to crank it when you're ready to leave and it doesn't crank. Yeah, and you're With straight. today's gas, if it hasn't yeah. been running <laughs> a year, it ain't going to crank. Period. Hmm. You'll be sitting at the boat ramp running your battery down. So get that checked out before you run out and try to get on the water this weekend. Hmm.
5: Gotcha. All right, so we got uh, Lake Mary Crawford opening back up
34: yeah um you know we had ryan jones in here a couple of weeks ago talking about that but uh the lake is opening wednesday i think i think it's the 29th i believe tell everybody where that is again uh, it's down in the uh in lawrence county near monticello has been closed for two years i believe so wow. i know you know i i i checked back a, and forth with ryan earlier they had a youth Uh, Mm -hmm. weekend there this past weekend and he said the kids did really well a lot of fish caught you know great weather
29: there's like around 275 youth there that were there taking advantage of that that's pretty impressive it's a good number and they were all catching fish is what i was told
34: yeah so you know basically an unfished water body you know since it's been restocked and everything so i'm sure there will be a lot of people there to enjoy that you know over the coming days but Take advantage if
29: you're down in that part of the world. have yeah, something and look to do on your opportunity. Extended weekend coming up. Yep, right.
5: right. Got it. Well, uh, all right. So, what about a new exhibit at the uh, Museum of Natural Science? Yes,
34: I believe beginning this weekend, the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science will be having uh, a wild weather exhibit. You know, their hmm. they're, uh whatever you want to call it pr- pr- main main exhibits. You know, kind of usually stay for I don't know about a three- to six-month period usually. So they're starting a new one. Uh, we'll have the museum folks in here um, not next Monday because it'll be Memorial Day, but the following to talk about it. But if you're you're wanting to get out and, again, experience a little bit of normalcy and that sort of thing, yep. this will be a new exhibit that they're rolling in um, starting this weekend. Um, also, uh, fireflies up at Waldoxie State mm-hmm. Park. And this mm-hmm. is it's something really cool. These are those uh, synchronous fireflies, so they all – flash at the same time you know how do they know that that's a good question
5: because
29: <laughs> you see them all turn on at the same time that's I, oh, know. I
5: know <laughs> <laughs> no i joke <laughs> how i, do
34: I really know? don't know do i the do know? They, they is the bugs they is those, uh, but it, it's like bugs. a particular uh species or whatever and like they, they, that like up in the smoky mountains like they do big you know guided tours and stuff just to go see these they, yeah, they did them a couple of years ago
29: yeah but we
34: have them here in certain places, and Waldoxie one of those places. So okay. you, you know, they're they're kind of
29: starting right now. They last for a couple of weeks into May, first part of June. So I mean, it's you don't realize from what I've been told about them you don't realize how many lightning bugs that are flying around at one given moment until they all light up together yeah
34: so if you're you looking for something interesting to do memorial day weekend it's a little bit different there you go go check those out at wall Doxie i didn't even State. know that. did one. you ever collect fireflies and put them in a jar by I'm your Sure bed? I, did. I mean that's like a you know a great american pastime yeah. i
29: think know, it's a mississippi
5: you know? pastime
29: <laughs> oh, i've done it we still do it yeah. at the house try to catch them do they'll you? start firing up in the summertime yeah the they don't don't know, and then you, you they started at my house you got the old highlighters that you can uh,
4: you know
5: a house a, for a while there weren't a uh, a risk population of fireflies weren't they I down? really
34: don't know I mean I, I'm I I'm assuming there's probably a lot of I, I'm not a, it's probably cyclical person. yeah and there, there's you know, probably a bunch of different species of them too I'm sure I'm sure there's okay. not just one I mean I know there's at least them. three different varieties yeah, we, of Mississippi we huh? think of them as fireflies but I'm sure if you got a, a you know, a bug expert, they would split it out a little more
29: than Well, that, I know it, they are not very prevalent in the Delta, because I, I didn't see a whole lot up there. I think they do a good job of eradicating bugs in that world, but uh, down here, yeah, it's neat to, to still watch the kids. It is something in in our DNA, I think, That like my kids are nine and seven, and they'll they'll just take off and start chasing them, yeah. trying to catch them. Not too successful, but it is one of those old pastimes that we have. But
34: here. the ones at Waldoxie, they all blink together, and like I said, that's like smoky mountain national park does a bunch of like guided tours mm-hmm. with this sort of thing and we're lucky to have them here so huh. there you go Check unbelievable it we also have uh spring squirrel seasons open right now so not that many people participate and we haven't had a spring squirrel season all that long i'm gonna say six years seven years something like that um just a couple weeks long yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. primarily people who are you know training squirrel dogs and that sort of thing partake but
5: it's open till june the first gotcha so that's what's going on. Is Wild Doxy the only place where there's a firefly show?
34: No. Um, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit from memory here, but here in the metro area at the uh, the um, Bill Waller Art yeah. Gallery thing, yeah. I think back behind there, 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 there's there's some woods in there where the same fireflies can be found Yeah, do the synchronous stuff. Gotcha. I, I remember reading that in the clearing yeah. ledger or something like that a few years ago. It,
5: Gotcha. Is there a particular habitat they look for? I, I mean, I, trees. Obviously, trees. But, I think they're more
34: tied to those synchronous ones. I think are more like a like kind of hard upland hardwood forest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So
5: yeah. Well, I had um, a, a gr- big group of fairly mature oak trees right behind my house. Growing up, it was um, not an inhabited uh, piece of land there mm-hmm. that we abutted, and and those were like 60, 80 foot high mm-hmm. Har- elms too. And man, in the summer at night, it was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Seemed wow. to like that. Yeah. But.
27: So and the way the, I understand, there's a, the, there's the different varieties, right. and some of those that uh, emerge right at dusk at ground level are a totally different species than those that you see later on the evening up in the trees. And there may be multiple varieties of those in the trees. I'm not going to dispute you, Ricky. Fleet. Yeah. You're, you're right. getting out of my realm of expertise here. There, there you go. go. My my expertise ended sometime in middle <laughs> middle school when I grew outgrew. The, they are cool. The jar they are cool. I agree. They're they are they are neat. Summertime like
34: rite of passage.
5: Yeah, agree. All right, so uh, we got the big weekend coming up. Uh, Memorial Day. What advice other than uh, make sure your boat's got gas in it, right. Chris? What other stuff do people need to be on the lookout for? Here? Check
29: your registration. Um, any vessel that is you know under uh, horsepower or any type of motor has to be registered. Make sure it's not expired. Uh, life jackets for every person on board, and they need to be wearable and they need to be in good condition. Um, and uh, boats that are over sixteen feet in length need to have some type of square throwable boat. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, a coast guard flotation yeah. device. Or gotcha. the old Gilligan ring. And um, life uh, fire extinguishers, uh, you know, just gotcha. you know, if you're going to partake. Pay attention
27: in, to the capacity of your vessel. Don't yep. overload it. Yep. All right. All right, we're going to take a break right here
5: on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. When we come back, Mr. Ricky Flint's going to talk to us about alligators. Stay with us.
3: This show was previously recorded.
7: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I am Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Happy Memorial Day with sunny skies, high near 87. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 63. Your Tuesday, partly sunny, high near 88. Wednesday, a 30% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 86. And for Thursday, showers and thunderstorms likely high near 84.
11: Ready for an oil change? The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are here to help. We'll make sure you have all the supplies you need to make the job quick and easy. Right now, get five parts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for just $28.95. Plus, get a $10 gift card after mail-in rebate. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit OReillyAuto.com. O, O, O,
4: O'Reilly Auto
13: Parts. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage, right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk
3: Jackson 97.3. This show was previously recorded.
5: Here on Mississippi Outdoors uh, Radio. So now, Mr. Flint, is it alligator
27: season or not? It is not alligator season, but it is time to get prepared for it if you're interested. Okay. What do you need to do to get going? So uh, alligator season this year will uh, start out at 12 noon on August 27th. It'll go for 10 days through 12 noon, September 6th. If you're interested in partaking partaking in the alligator hunting season and you want to get a permit to go do that, you need to get prepared now because there is an application process that will begin starting at 10 a.m. June 1st, and it'll last for a week through 10 a.m. June the 8th. It is an electronic process, very simple. You'll go to our website. very first thing that's going to pop up after 10 a.m. June is a link to uh, start that application process. Um, It's free, but there is a $2.34 processing fee uh, for the application. And uh, you'll simply go to that website, do that. Um, You need to be a resident of Mississippi, at least 16 years of age, to be eligible to apply. Uh, We also make it eligible for non-residents if you have one of our lifetime license. Uh, if you're a lifetime license holder, then you can also do that. Uh, last year, we had over 5,500 applications submitted uh, for the 2020 ap- uh, permit season. And um, like I say, we'll do this for a week. Um, on June the 12th, excuse me, June the 14th, at 12 noon, the first drawing will take place, and we will draw... Uh, the allocated number of applicants or or permits from each of the seven alligator hunting zones. There are seven alligator hunting zones that are statewide um, across the state. Uh, They're basically divided uh, by boundaries of things like interstates, highways, and state, state lines. And most of those uh, hunting zones encompass a major ro- uh, river system of some sort, and all of its tributaries. And it works out very convenient. And so that first drawing takes place on June fourteenth. Those winners will be notified by email, uh, and an email is required when you make application. So uh, be sure that you submit your application with an email that you're familiar with, someone one that you're going to check. Uh, and go back to on June 14th. When the winners uh, receive that email, there will be a link on, in the email that they will click on. That will send them straight to the permit purchasing process. They're going to have uh, 48 hours, basically, uh, to, to purchase that permit. And at the end of that deadline, it will close. And we will then assess uh, those number of permits that have been sold, any uh, permits that are left available, We'll have a second drawing that takes place on June 22nd, um, and that email also will go out at 12 noon. And those folks will have basically 48 hours to permit to purchase their permit as well. So,
5: why do we have an alligator season? Is there something that's uh, I, I guess that's purposed in thinning out the population, or is it just for sport, for hunting,
27: or a little combination, or? Well, it really goes back to going to the Endangered Species Act, uh, when alligators were pulling endangered species list back in 1987, Yeah. Uh, later taken off, excuse me, they were put on the endangered species list in 1967, taken yeah. off the list in 1987. Uh, they are still afforded some federal protection all of the management has been uh, given from the feds over to the state wildlife agencies. Um, Because there is still a requirement for 100% uh, reporting of alligators being harvested, because they are a CITES regulated species. CITES stands for the Convention of International Trade of Endangered Species. Uh, They are one of those species that can show up at international ports for trade. And because of their similarity of appearance to mm. other endangered crocodiles throughout the world they must be identified as to exactly what species mm. they are and what country they came from mm. so for that reason all the states must uh, obtain 100% reporting of all the alligators that are harvested in the event that they wind up in uh, commercial trade so uh, that being the case, we do a uh, special permitted drawing to allow those permitted hunters to be involved. And through that permit process, we have this communication now where we work through the emails. We have 100 percent reporting. Every hunter must submit a online alligator harvest report. And then we give them the necessary documentation that they need to be able to retain that alligator. So that's kind of where it all comes from.
5: I have a message here for you. This is uh, from Douglas from Macomb. Not sure if you know him. He says, tell Mr. Flynn he's doing a good job gator hunting. Okay.
27: Thanks, <laughs> Douglas. There you go. Uh, Look, we've got a lot of people out there in the state of Mississippi that are interested in alligator hunting, and it has become very popular. Uh, this started in 2005 as a very, very limited opportunity just here on a 13-mile stretch of waterway here on the Pearl River just above Ross Barnett Reservoir. It has grown tremendously. Um, even back in 2005, we, we had the uh, mindset that at some point we were going to be able to provide a statewide alligator hunting opportunity we just kind of put the hamster in the cage and we ran things for a number of years we tweaked along as we went all the while expanding those opportunities until we began basically our first statewide alligator hunting season in 2013 which was basically three quarters of the state and then 2014 went completely statewide Um, and so having done that Um, We continue to monitor alligator populations. We want to make sure, number one, that we're not uh, causing any problems. We're not going to revert back to the same type of problems we had back before the endangered species situation. And um, are we threatening the alligator population at the harvest levels that we're at now? Absolutely not. Uh, But we also don't have the intention of getting even close. Uh, But we do know and we, as we knew back before 2005, we've got enough alligators out here that we can allow some limited alligator harvest, uh, provide some recreational hunting opportunities to the people of Mississippi. And it has become very popular. Um, just last year, we had over 5,500 applications. And um, you can tell by the number of people that are out there hunting uh, that it is very popular. And some of these people are as... Uh, involved and uh, passionate about alligator hunting as the most serious deer hunter or the most serious turkey Mm. hunter Mm. and so um it's something that they look forward to it's something they schedule their vacation time around and it and it can and it can become a family event uh it is very much a social event it's not something where you've got to be uh smelling just right like when you're deer hunting it doesn't matter really how you smell Mm. um you can make some noise compared to uh, turkey hunting. You can move around a little bit, but uh, we, we do know that it's uh, it's a very unique situation, and uh, it can be uh, tremendously dangerous, uh, more from the standpoint of being out on the waterways, navigating in boats at night on waterways, uh, often with a lot of gear and uh, equipment in, on board, usually three to four people in a boat, and so that alone presents a dangerous situation way more over than just trying to catch and handle an alligator
5: what did we do something I remember 1967 where there was a lot of focus I think on endangered species and I'm not sure when the act there was an act passed at the federal level I want to say
27: 1967
5: okay yep. well, I remember that as a child mm-hmm. and alligators were one of the animals that were discussed regularly as far as being endangered what did we do exactly to I guess see such an incredible return of the numbers of
27: alligators well leading up to the endangered species listing of alligators, alligators traditionally have been a very uh, high commodity product. Uh, Their hides are very important in the commercial trade, uh, and because of that, there was a lot of illegal harvest. The Endangered Species Act basically made it illegal for anyone to harvest an alligator anywhere in the country, all in one given point. Uh, That protected the alligators for over 20 years allowing them to rebound. Well, I think it's great. It's
5: cool that they're that they're back and so many other species as well and they're uh, we'll talk about it when we come back, but they're a pretty critical part of the overall ecology. Absolutely. As well, are they not? All right. We'll take a break right here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. We'll be right back.
3: This show was previously recorded. This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people.
23: Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954, and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. 1-800-647-8540 or on the web,
0: MajesticMetalsInc.com. Family. What does family mean to you? At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, we value family.
15: Tomatoes in town. Callaway's will have farm fresh produce seven days a week. Callaway's offers bulk soils for delivery and pickup. We also offer landscaping, and our designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. From a small job to total transformations, just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Visit Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south Calloways of Germantown is- High. Everything
4: for home and garden. That's what
8: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Fifty-nine years after Flying Tiger Line Flight 739 disappeared, it remains one of the most enduring aviation mysteries of the Vietnam War era. James Henry Taylor was the only Mississippian among 104 passengers. His sister, Diana Crumpler, is only now starting to put together some of the pieces thanks to meeting with families of others aboard the doomed flight.
15: They were told by the soldiers that they possibly wouldn't be coming back. We were never told that. He just hugged us and and off he went. I don't believe, I don't want to (laughs) believe that he thought that himself.
8: Very little is known about what happened to the plane and its passengers, and due to the circumstances surrounding the mission, the names of those lost have not yet been added to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Amy Davis.
0: Memorial Day.
22: December 7th, 1941.
12: A date which will live in infamy. A grateful nation will never forget those who died that America might live.
0: Remembering and honoring those who made the ultimate sacrifice
3: for our freedom.
0: Super Talk,
3: Mississippi. This show was previously recorded.
4: Welcome
5: back, everyone. Day. Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Each week on the program, we feature one of Mississippi's state parks. This week, it's Legion State Park. It's located in Louisville, Mississippi. Legion State Park was the fourth park to be developed by the Civilian Conservation Corps, or the CCC, and remains as unspoiled today as when the Choctaw Indian Nation first inhabited the area centuries ago. The park has two lakes with a total of 16 acres of water. The larger 12-acre lake, Lake Atapaisha, has excellent catfish, bass, crappie, and brim fishing. Legion offers 15 RV campsites and six cabins. They have nature trails, fishing, and picnicking. The Legion Lodge will accommodate up to 75 people for meetings or banquets. You can make a reservation by visiting our website at www.mdwfp.com or calling 1-800-467-2757 or you can call the park directly Direct at 662-773-8323. Don't forget, you can purchase an annual park permit for $50, and that gives you access to all the state parks for a year. That's Legion State Park. It's on Legion State Park Road in Louisville, Mississippi. And Tim Flake is the manager. All right, so we had a question here. Um, let's see if I can find it. Ricky, uh, this is from Light Well and Supply he says uh, wants to know about does mississippi have a gator harvest program we talked about that. the egg harvest yeah
27: yeah yeah yeah. so no we don't we don't permit the removal of eggs uh, from private land or on public waters Um, he's probably familiar uh, with the program that is conducted by the state of louisiana Uh, the state of louisiana has a tremendous alligator program Uh, that deals specifically with private lands. And it is basically a put-and-take program where landowners can apply for their property, be given permits to take eggs, and they can then uh, sell them to the alligator farm facilities. Uh, In return, uh, I think now it's probably about 14% of those viable eggs that hatch must be returned back to the wild at the property from which they came. Right. Uh, so it, it is a huge program. It, it helps bolster the uh, alligator ranching um, commodities, uh, and and that alone uh, has helped the alligator um, status in the country in that by having a highly regulated commercial... Alligator farming business, uh, or program such as what is in Louisiana, particularly, um, that's taken a lot of the pressure off of the wild alligators out there as far as poaching, as, as people might call it. Um, when you talked about the alligator being put on the endangered species list in 1967, that was the problem. The, the, the value of the alligator high was so much that people were, uh, harvesting alligators year-round, uh, poaching them, um, putting them into the market to try and get some money for them. Uh, when all of these Endangered Species Acts came about and states began to uh, enact alligator programs and alligator regulations, specifically dealing with each state, uh, that helped the alligator population rebound. And during this time, Louisiana and Uh, florida in particular were creating these huge uh, commercial markets uh, to commercially raise alligators on a farm Uh, and now those farm raised alligators are what are harvested uh, for the commercial uh, business and that has taken a lot of the pressure off wild alligators now still there are still wild alligator hides that are being used in the in the commercial market, but not near to the extent that they once were. Hmm.
5: Interesting. All right. So that was uh, I said. I think I said that light well of supplies. One of our our um, our listeners there. So this is from Rusty from Greenville. I have to be honest here. I don't understand the logic of encouraging the return of an apex water predator and waters that people recreate. Recreate and just for hunting. Read that again. It's, I think he's basically having uh, some consternation here <clears throat> about hunting for alligators and allowing hunting for alligators. Okay. But I think you you addressed that. Go ahead. Yeah. Bob.
27: So I mean, um, alligators basically have no predators to control their population other than man and uh, other alligators. Once they become about four feet long, that's it. It's man and other alligators. Um, And so the populations, uh, as we saw and continue to see, will continue to expand. We actually have alligators now in more places in Mississippi than we had 100 years ago uh, because of the rebound of the population. But uh, through regulated permitting, uh, through an education process, which is – traditionally has been required of every permit holder they had to go through a, uh, a training class that we provide which is by, by uh, coincidence is now uh, provided online uh, that people can go to through our website and watch now 24 hours a day uh, and get educated about how to hunt alligators um, so we provide this opportunity for folks and it is a very safe uh, hunting environment and um, We don't have enough time for me to go in and and try to explain the whole alligator hunting process. But uh, the question, you know, I understand it. Uh, If you've watched a lot of television, you probably have a very convoluted concept about what alligators are and how dangerous they are. They are not the man-eating predators uh, that uh, that Hollywood and the media has portrayed them to be. Yeah. Yeah. So
5: I I know we touched on it just a minute before we went to the break, but they they do have a place in the overall ecosystem as well, uh, do alligators. And I think we actually had a question on that. This is from Jerry in Waynesboro. What do they contribute to the environment? What's their place in there?
27: Well, we like to think that every species of wildlife that is out there Uh, is here for a very unique reason. It has a place in the ecosystem. Um, Even mosquitoes have a place in the ecosystem. Do they bother us? Absolutely. Uh, Are they a pest? Absolutely. Um, But uh, where alligators exist, they um, they do create habitats that some species of other wildlife depend on. Um, we know that alligator nests once they're abandoned are utilized by certain species of turtles they seek out old alligator nests to actually lay their eggs Uh, in the coastal marsh areas there are certain species of fish and amphibians and things like this that all utilize areas that are manipulated by alligators so Uh, they also are like someone said they're apex predator they they prey upon live and dead uh, animals Um, they are part of that system so they have a place and it's 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 our job to protect all wildlife and make sure that they're all protected in some form or fashion so i mean
5: i i just can't imagine just with my very rudimentary understanding of nature in general that there's any species of any animal that doesn't have some place in, right. in that ecosystem,
27: and and where the, a, a place that has become very uh, common for state agencies, wildlife biologists alike, uh, to have to deal with more so are the displacement of wildlife into new areas where they did not previously exist, uh, such as the nutria uh, that is very common in Mississippi. It's very common across the southeast. That's a southeast South American rodent that was brought into the United States back in the 1930s. Uh, they were brought here uh, to to bolster the, the fur industry uh, back in those days. They were in a very uh, contained farm near uh, Avery Island, Louisiana. A hurricane came through that year, destroyed the facility, and the nutra uh, were released into the wild. Since that time, the 1930s, we now experience having NUTRA all across this country. uh, And they have wreaked havoc on native habitats where they exist. Uh, It's a multi-million dollar program in the state of Louisiana and other states to try and eradicate NUTRA where they exist because of their impact on our native wildlife. And so, you know, you can take an animal from one place... Release it somewhere else. It may be able to survive there. It may be able to propagate, but the impacts that it has on our native wildlife can be astronomical. I got it.
5: When we come back, I want to ask you about whether or not people should be frightened of alligators and hear what you have to say about that, Ricky. We will be right back here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show. Stay with us.
3: Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com.
6: Here's Corey and John Ravenstein for Juniker Jewelry Company.
11: You know, Uncle John, I still remember my very first customer. You started at
19: Junikers as just a kid, didn't you?
11: I was only seven or eight, and as usual, the store was crazy busy, so I went to help a lady. Her name was Miss Mary, and she wanted to look at diamond hoop earrings. I helped her find the perfect pair. Isn't that the best feeling? And Miss Mary is still a customer to this day. Folks... At Junikers, we have thousands of earrings for every budget. As Mississippi's direct diamond importer, we have the largest selection of diamond earrings in the state. And prices start at under $200. Give her
9: diamond
3: earrings from Junikers.
9: Just tell us Miss Mary sent you. Come experience the most trusted name in jewelry for over 75 years now. Juniker Jewelry
6: Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 465 in Madison and Juniker
17: This Memorial Day broadcast on Supertonk, Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse, remembering those who gave it all on this day and every other day. Tico Steakhouse, East County Line Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030.
3: Rogers Dabs Chevrolet is a proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. New Chevrolets, great pre-owned vehicles, and excellent fleet department, all backed by an award-winning service department. That's Rogers Dabs Chevrolet, Crossgates Brandon, or
12: RogersDabs.com. I have got to get that
14: Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge.
10: Here's something very helpful. You can join Mississippi Farm Bureau for less than $50 a year. There are so many benefits to your membership, including money-saving perks, access to Farm Bureau insurance, protecting your land, and making a
14: difference in your community through advocacy. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
3: This show was previously recorded.
5: Everyone, uh, Mississippi Outdoors Radio here, Super Talk Mississippi. All right, Ricky, what should humans think about uh, alligators? Should they come up on one? Are they um, are they aggressive? Will they come after you? I, I keep thinking about them dang cottonmouths. I've been seeing, by the way, uh, Adam out at the golf course saw another one this weekend, and I generally try to stay away from those dudes. They'll come after you. Cottonmouths
27: will. What about alligators? They won't come after you. Uh, alligators have a natural fear of people and human activity. Um, where we begin to see problems are where, one, where people have a tendency to want to throw food out for alligators. Um, people have this attraction with wildlife. We put bird feeders out in our backyards to attract birds, Um Hunting clubs put out feeders to attract deer and turkey to bring them in closer to watch them and and do things like that. And people do the same thing with alligators. They 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 want to see the alligator up closer, so we start throwing food out there to them. And uh, over time, those alligators begin to associate uh, that activity of food uh, and human activity, and they correlate that to a source of food, yeah. a handout, and that can become a very dangerous situation particularly to the person who comes to the area and ab- knows absolutely nothing about there being an alligator there much less that uh, someone's been feeding it and uh, the alligators can then uh, approach people expecting that handout and then um, that can become very dangerous also you know in areas of high recreation um, particularly places like here around the rossbornet reservoir and the pearl river um tens of thousands of hours spent recreating on the waterways, and I think one of your listeners uh, text in uh, a message you know about you know, the concerns about apex predators in areas where people recreate the The uh, history has shown us that alligators in Mississippi are not dangerous. Um, we've never documented an alligator attack on people uh, hmm. on a human in the state of Mississippi. Um, There have been a number of accidents, uh, but those always involved people who were trying to handle the alligators themselves uh, and got hurt. Um, Now, is that a problem in other states, particularly like Florida? Yes, absolutely. They've had a number of fatalities uh, going way back in history. Uh, But uh, the state of Florida also has, uh, for lack of a better word, boo-coodles, more alligators than we have in mississippi they also have boo coodles of more people Uh, tremendous amounts of habitat available uh, for alligators and as you know uh, developers like to develop homes and businesses around the water and where the water is in florida the alligators exist as well and uh, it's just a recipe for disaster in some cases you just can't uh, manage it as well Uh, we we do a We try to do a good job of uh, receiving phone calls and and, uh, hints from the public about people that may be out feeding alligators, and we do enforce that. It is illegal to feed an alligator in the state of Mississippi for obvious reasons, and we will enforce that. We had
5: one listener says, this is what I wait for every year. Can't wait. I'd rather do this than deer hunt. Yep. Cool. Rusty from Greenville, by the way, he did clarify about uh, encouraging the return of the alligators into the water. So he said, My point was that mixing alligators in the same waters people swim and fish in seems like a disaster waiting to
27: happen, so why do it? Yeah, so... You know we're not we're not taking alligators and and returning them to these areas of high recreation. Um, we do respond to hundreds of nuisance alligator complaint calls every year in the state. Yeah, uh, particularly on the Gulf Coast uh, is probably the highest uh, density of alligator complaint calls, and then right here around the Jackson area uh, associated with the Pearl River Ross Hornet yeah. Reservoir. But again, it's it's about alligator populations that already existed. And we are uh, developing a metropolis around the habitat where alligators already exist. Before us, people, right? Before there were people. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it. We do the best we can to to manage that, and we remove all those alligators. Uh, the vast majority of them are not even relocated. Yeah. We euthanize them uh, hmm. before uh, really? if they are if you have if they're creating a problem uh, for our. Officers and our agent trappers for their own safety. If he's over six feet long, we traditionally do not relocate them. Wow.
5: All right, Adam, what's coming up on TV this week? Uh,
34: Mississippi Outdoors Television. Uh, This week there will be an archery hunt. for deer at Cane Mount Wildlife Management Area down gotcha. near, near Port Gibson. We're, and then uh, Amberjack and Red Snapper Fishing off the coast. So Mississippi Outdoors TV Thursday nights at seven thirty on MPB and then again Saturday at five thirty.
5: Sounds very cool. That's a wrap here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Rhino and I will be in the studio with you tomorrow. Stay safe, everyone, and God bless. All the red, white, and blue.
3: This show was previously recorded.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media
32: production.